back for episode number number nine, nine yeah uh which is going to be on the babadook which we'll get to here in a minute but we've been out for a couple of weeks we have uh weather um holidays have been you know yeah, it was the holiday like season, us. so I was out of town last weekend. Yeah, and I've been spending time with my family as well, so, you know. Yeah, and then the weekend, well, and I was sick, which fucked us up another week, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, it, I think it gave us time, though, to kind of, like, so once again, recharge the batteries, get a little bit more motivated, you know, motivated for this episode. I'm still getting over being sick again a second time, because it's that time of the year. It is. It's, and, uh, yeah, so for actually... But don't worry too much, people. Yeah. I am going to edit out most of my sniffling and coughing. <laughs> I'm just on the very, very last hangings on of some congestion and Well yeah, I, think, I think I feel you sound fine, dandy, man. But yeah. No, otherwise, no, like you said, the holidays were upon us, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh it kept us from recording far longer than we, we really hoped to. Exactly. But you know, like I said, it gave us time to like I said, enjoy the holidays. Uh, you know, get past like so some of these these sicknesses, illnesses, all that good stuff. But well, yeah. and now it's 2017. It is. So now this is the first episode of of the new year as well for us. So happy I'm new really year. excited. Yeah, happy new year. Uh, I'm really excited for this year to come. Yeah, likewise. We've only, I mean, we've only been doing this for like a couple months now. Yeah, like a little, and, just a little over two months. Uh, I feel like it's all just been warm up so far, and I think this year is going to be going to be a really big year for the show. Like likewise. we we already. We have things talking about, we've been talking about, like behind the scenes oh, that, that are going to be coming up uh, in the works. Uh, and I think just the fact that it's now cold as shit outside. It is. Uh, this this is the type of weather that makes you want to stay inside and watch a good flicker five or six or whatnot. Right, and just put in other work. So like, exactly. there's hopefully, it's hopefully going to be a couple things changing... Maybe not changing so much as being updated and yeah, exactly. and more more streamlined on the website and such. Yeah, we've I, we've branched out and have some ideas for future plans. Uh, there, I think there's one or two things we we've mentioned in the past that will probably get finally finalized. Like I've, we we've always given them glimpses behind the scenes. So the the guts and bolts that you hear, as well as the how does that make you squeal, is never what they were supposed to be. They were just no. lazy placeholders <laughs> so that we could actually start doing the show. Uh, yeah, so those, they're just kind of segues for us, you know, like in between what we're talking about. Well, yeah, so exactly. They're, they're just little segues anyway, so they weren't the, the biggest priority. But I think coming up very soon, I'm actually going to do them the way I've always wanted to. Well, I'm looking forward to it. I really am. Uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we Some of the things, we won't say who or how or what, because they're, they're each, they're each going to be quite different but we do have guest hosts planned yeah we certainly do and it's um yeah and, and the way that we're going to approach it too it, it's going to be a fun uh, platform i think for for both us being the host and our guests uh because it's like i said it's going to throw a wrench into things a little bit but i think it's gonna it's gonna be a nice like a like a like this all monkey wrench right well there and we have at least two different instances planned already yeah and each one is going to bring its own little little fun things the the show i think is going to get expanded upon just a little bit yeah uh i don't i'm, I'm really excited by all the things coming up really I am, like I we, am too. we have some things in the works that really aren't going to be even all that hard to accomplish and so it's it's going to be very soon oh yeah and like like you said that's that's a good point because uh it's very accessible for us and uh, like I said, it, it's it's a cross platform of of sorts. So, well, like I said, we'll, we'll see what happens. But I'm I'm really looking forward to that. It's gonna be a lot of fun. And 
Oh, I don't know. I'm just happy it's 2017 now. Oh, yeah. Like, so we got a, you know, kind of like I said, a clean slate. Uh, we get to approach the year with a, you know, a different angle, a different take. And uh, like, so this this way we can we can explore all kinds of movies now. Well, and the one other big thing that, well, I'm sure even there was more than that. But since we last hit, I mean, I'm just looking up at your hat. Oh, like, yeah. Carrie yeah. Fisher passed. Gosh, maybe man. not maybe not necessarily in the realm of horror movies but i mean such a just an icon to our entire generation oh yeah i mean it, so it we have to some mention of our parents it and you know i mean i that was actually one of the days i was i was legit sick so i had to call out to work yeah but some of the people were joking that it was just Carrie Fisher's death, but no, like I sat around, I had I had a couple good legit cries, like as people yeah. started posting up all like the fan art online and shit, and like it was rough shit. Yeah, I mean it, those those kind of things. I mean they they hit home, like especially when you're growing up in that culture, um, you know, throughout your your childhood into your adulthood and beyond. Um, you know, it's like wow, this is something that you know this sticks with you for a while, and when when they when they leave, it leaves a different impact. So yeah, um, yeah. I mean, we we took one a lot on the chin, actually. So and yeah. really, when it comes down to it, like I mean, without her, in some ways, this show wouldn't happen. Not because yeah. she influenced horror movies, but I wouldn't love movies like I wouldn't love horror movies as much as I do if I didn't love movies in general as much as I do. Well, that makes and I sense. wouldn't love movies in general as much as I do without Star Wars, without, like, Blues Brothers, actually, as well. Like, yeah. I, I love her in Blues Brothers. Uh, it's the very first movie I ever watched uh, with my little sister after she was born. Uh, <laughs> she was able to get down. She had no idea what was going on, but there was enough musical sequences that she was getting down to. Yeah, and having fun. So. And that, that makes sense. That's, that's really cool. In some ways, like... This show doesn't happen without that. No, like I said, if like I said, when we look at our influences growing up, like so, there's there's a number of them. I can look back on last year and like, wow, this person's gone, that person's gone. It's like, you know, it, it, it lets you know reality's a little bit closer to home than than what you think it is. Yeah. So now let's not be a complete yeah, downer. Complete let's, just get, <laughs> let's, uh, let's just get into the show then. Yeah, well, uh, like I said, we've got Lucky Number Nine. I think it's it's a good one um, that we're doing, and this is the the one that I have not seen prior to doing uh, this, this episode because i've done yeah. two now exactly so so we get to mix it up uh we're going two for one <laughs> it's yeah. like uh, that's fine uh, but, I, like, so this that is... was going to be the case going into this show that and that's okay part of the point was you were going to be introducing me to a few we have some coming up that oh yeah but I, once again i've never seen that you're going to be throwing my way so and that's okay because there's several that i have yet to see as well so uh, it'll get it'll, it'll give us both a different approach, you know, as as to how we're doing these episodes. But for this particular one, I, I didn't really know a lot about the film outside of like seeing the trailers and just hearing, um, you know, secondhand accounts of, of people seeing the movie, and you know, not necessarily giving any anything away, just saying, oh, you know, this is a good movie, I enjoyed it, it was on Netflix, whatever. Cool. Oh yeah, right. Uh, you know, by like the way, it is still on Netflix. It, it to certainly make it is easy for you to watch. And this and... is something that I think when it first came out, maybe you know on dvd or on netflix itself so it's been well over a year since i've heard about this film i just finally decided to watch it and we decided to you know to review it so, yeah. right so with this film it's the babadook and let's find out how that made us squeal how does that make you squeal all right, so uh, like I said, this is this so you is, said you enjoyed it. I really did, man. It, it, like I said, it's not your um, not your your horror in the, in the sense that it's like a a slasher film or you're expecting gore or anything like that. This one's a little bit more. Uh, I won't say a little bit more. It's it's 
really psychological. You know, very it, hit, it hits very atmospheric. Intense. I, you know, yeah, exactly, and and it's uh, it it centers around really two main characters in the film, and uh, it's a it's a dynamic that I think everybody can relate to on some level, whether you share it with that particular person or somebody else, but you might have that particular bond, so you can you know yeah you can relate you have the yeah the mother and the son mm-hmm. is the big ones. Uh, Essie Davis plays the mother, Amelia Vanek. Yep. Uh, let's see. She's, uh, she's oh, pretty sorry, much man. the only person on the cast, because since this is the How yeah, to Make yeah, You yeah. Squeal, that uh, really has any other like credits, credits to exactly. note. Uh, <laughs> from what I understand, I think she was in uh, Game of Thrones, if I'm not mistaken. She was in Game of Thrones. She was in like yeah. three episodes this last season as Lady Crane. Exactly. That's that's. Uh, I was like, wow, that's really cool. I haven't watched it yet, but apparently she is in the new Assassin's Creed movie. Oh, yeah, I have not seen it either, but I'm really looking forward to seeing it. And what I actually remember seeing her in was she was in the last two Matrix movies in a very okay. small role. Uh, she was Maggie uh, on the other ship. I don't. I don't even remember. I think she was like the ship's doctor or something. She, like I said, it was a very small role. It was just notable that she was named. Yeah, uh, I believe she showed up in the, the animated. Franchise, you know. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. I think she might have shown up in the the animated Matrix. That's really cool. thing too as well. Uh, oh no! I think she was also the voice of Maggie in the video game. That's okay. what it was. I okay. the Matrix. Um, so that's really cool that you know they still gave her uh, you know credits after the film as well. And she's done other things, uh, TV, uh, mostly Australian television, I believe. Which I think a lot of these uh, these actors. And yeah, it was kind of a it was kind of an Australian Canadian partnership in a way. Yeah, uh, but it was a lot more Australian than than anything. But doesn't show quite show through in the film they made a lot of conscious choices to try to make it feel overly australian uh including the house that the house in the film they built for it because no houses like that really exist in the adelaide area that's just really cool that's interesting and they wanted it to be this very sort of specific generalized sort of overall english feeling victorian style okay. or post victorian style something like that yeah um i don't know i'm i'm not that up on my uh, architectural yeah. styles <laughs> but no no it, i mean it makes sense in the in the way that they film the uh, the movie itself you know like so with with uh, regards to like this is the hell scenes in the neighborhood and whatnot so yeah i can i can see that and and really the the house really shines through as well. I want to. Oh yeah, the house. I mean, is we'll, a we'll get into huge it. I guess we could get into it figure. more later on when we're actually going around the house. But in a way, it's almost a figure in the movie, and I think it should be a draw. I totally because, agree. I totally agree with you there. Uh, apparently, also the they originally kind of wanted to do the movie in black and white, and moved away from it uh, in favor of just very very meticulously designing the house to have a very very specific specific feel mm-hmm. and one that was almost always claustrophobic at times i can definitely see that yeah uh which i didn't uh that was that was more something i got just from my reading i didn't really feel that as much but not a kind of like but i can understand it to an extent i don't know in the places i live in i also kind of like the the small little cozy feeling so yeah the only thing i don't like is like Breathing in really warm air in my face. That's the only yeah. thing that makes me feel claustrophobic. 
Just but I mean, I you know, like I said, uh, to each their own, I suppose, in, in that regard. But the house, uh, I, I made multiple notes throughout my notes of how badly I wanted the house. The meticulousness in the design comes across in every frame of the movie. It almost looks surreal at times. But at, at the same time, like, everything looks like it should be there. Yeah, there's nothing, nothing looks wrong like it's with out of place. it. And nothing looks overtly stylized. You're like, why? I don't. It's it's really hard to explain. I think, but it's really it's very pretty throughout the entire thing. I love it. No, you're right because it 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 plays a like I said a huge part in the, in the entire film because a lot of it takes place in the home. So, uh, if, if you're gonna do a film like that, I would imagine you want to pay a little bit more, you know, attention to detail. Yeah, that, I mean, the house itself kind of reminded me of the stylizations of the drawings in the Mr. Babadook okay, yeah, itself, yeah, yeah. which were kind of reminiscent of, like, Gory and, like, Charles Adams to me, anyway. Uh, especially the pop-up style. Yeah. I don't know. I really like those two. Uh, Adams did the, the opening sequence to a 1970s movie, Murder by Death, and it, it was all just popped-up drawings of all the different characters in the film that's really cool and the entire book reminded me of that the entire way through except a little bit more in the style of gory and then the house was almost like that brought to life but looking real yeah. rather than of super super stylized no i i i i know exactly what you mean because uh when i when i think of people who do like like the over stylization not necessarily over styling it but just their attention to detail i think of dario argento and his use of the whole room and the color, you know, the sh you know, the shading aspect, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, they. I think she did a great job paying, you know, attention to the house. Well, and she cites her influences as uh, Kubrick and okay, David yeah. Lynch. I can see and, that as well. Yeah, that shines. The atmospheric, especially, I believe, is very Lynch. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The creepiness. Did a fantastic job. I mean, they, I like even maybe I, some I, of the I dialogue really, too. Really like this you movie. know, like I said in the rooms. <laughs> So yeah, like but you're right. Like so, we're <laughs> we're definitely uh, you know paying attention to the detail as well. But uh, yeah, like I said, and this is something I thought was interesting too. Was it's just the director herself. This is her first film directing yep. because she was a she was an actress. Knocks it out of the park. In my yeah, um, storytelling wise, because I think she even wrote this <laughs> as well, uh, which and is not, phenomenal. Not just was previously an actress, but actually studied acting. Yeah. with the film's lead actress. Yeah, they said they, they went been to the same for college. Like what, Two decades, at least. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Unfortunately, like we said, nobody else really has too many credits. The there's a guy that pops up, Robbie. Yeah, he's uh, like so he he's not a, a, like a really strong central character, but he he does pop up a few times. But he's also the only one that has done like other like Australian TV stuff. Yeah, and I wrote and like I I even wrote his name down. I only wrote a few of them, but uh, his name is Daniel Henschel. Uh, like so the other the other actors in this film that I thought. You know, like, so, okay, these, these are the ones that, you know, had somewhat of a role. Uh, Noah Wiseman, who was the child, he had a major, you know, role. I thought he did a great job, too. Just also interesting, since we're in this beginning part with yeah. the more technical stuff, during all the scenes where the mother was having to yell at him and stuff, you'll notice the, the cuts back and forth, and they're never really pictured together, because they very much actually kept Noah very safe on the set. They very much wanted it to be about a child's experience without it damaging him. Yeah, and that, I, I thought was was really cool because after watching it for the first time, 
Um, you know, like I said, looking a little bit more into these actors, I found out that he like auditioned with 400 other uh, oh, you know, wow. boys for that part. And, uh, you know, of course they chose him, but his mother uh, is a child psychologist. So I, I would imagine that lends a heavy hand to that aspect of what you're just mentioning. Yeah, uh, I, I guess she was on the set yeah. helping create like a, a very loving atmosphere. He wasn't ever in full script reads. He was sort of given like a slimmed down like kids version of the script to get him through his parts. Makes sense. Without having to be exposed to some of the other stuff. Yeah, because there's some really intense uh, stuff that goes on in this movie that for for a child actor, if like you said, if without knowing those facts, if if I you know still have that that notion that okay, this kid's like exchanging dialogue with this person who's like you know <laughs> having to take on this this really you know. Well, the mother part. does a fantastic yeah, job. Yeah, she does. And she, she gets very to, scary towards him at times. Yeah, like in uh, the, that's why. So kind of what I'm tipping my hat at is, you know, there's some intense scenes where you know, not knowing that I could damage a little kid, you know, and if he didn't know or she didn't know any better. Which I guess I mean, right now is a really good. We usually do it towards the end of this segment, but I guess right now, but just because of what we're talking about, it's a good time to point out, like. This movie gets very intense yes. with the the mother child dynamic and relationship. Yeah, because like and I said, I think there's stuff I think that, that can be very unsettling to be people at times. If you're not like say, if you're not used to, or if you're not you know open to talk about certain subjects, like like I said, this this family dynamic that at times can get heated and really bitter, you know, and and. Um, like I said, it, it's, it can be touchy subjects for some people. So that, you know, you might want to shy away from it, but I uh, think it's, it's a really, really interesting tale of that dynamic though. There's, I'd say two small bits of disturbing imagery. Yeah. There's, there's a, there's without trying to give too much away, there's, there's some stuff with animals. Let's just put it that way. I was going to say there's two bits of disturbing imagery and then there's one sort of like violence to animals. Point. Yeah. We'll get to that. Well, later. like I said, without giving too much away, but yeah. It's foreshadowed, mm. so you know it's coming. So, yeah. It, so it's, it's, if that's not is. your thing, it's a very small part in the movie, and yeah. you know it happens, and you can You can like, actually just fast forward second. through that scene. Or those, uh, yeah. I very much understand that I have a hard time with cruelty to animals. Yeah, I'm not cool with it either. But that stuff is like, I, I understand that this is a film. They're not really doing it to yeah. this particular animal. And and that's the thing, like, we are going to get to, we've talked about the fact we are going to get to at least one movie that was made in a time period when oh, yeah. <laughs> what you did was, they just didn't think about it. No, the, no, no. The filmmakers just... have went back and said re we regret it, but exactly. we will get to at least one film in the future where the violence, that's unfortunately, intense. on screen is real. Yeah, and it's really hard for me to watch them. still. Yeah, no, 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 no. This is, this is tame compared to what, you, <laughs> what we're about to delve into in the future. But uh, yeah, like so, there's there's certain certain subjects like so they touch upon that you might want to shy away from. So, um, and then and then there's the there's some creepy implied stuff, but it's it's really just more atmospheric, yeah, and sort of has you unnerved the entire time, and you're not it's it's always on the edge of of where is it where is it about to go? Yeah, if you don't handle stress and anxiety well, then I'd say that's probably another thing you might want to shy away from because there's you know, yeah, like this said, is anxiety inducing. It does. That's it, very there's much just a lot of tension this in this is. film. Uh, like you said, it's very much more of a, of a psychological, absolutely, but you know, horror film. But it's very much a horror. It's not a psychological thriller. No, no, no. It definitely this not. is a horror film. Absolutely, it definitely is. 
anyway, but back into it, yeah. Yeah, so, so like I said, Noah Wiseman, like I said, giving, giving credence to him. He, he plays Samuel, the child in the movie. He does a great job. Um, uh, the other, I guess, the, oh, another... if you can't handle screaming children, <laughs> don't watch this movie. Yeah, there, like I said, there, there, are, there are parts in it, no matter who you are and how you like children, whether you don't like children, it, it'll get on your nerves a little bit. So you know, like, <laughs> but he he plays his part, man. No, he, he does, does a great job. He you know, does a great yeah, job. It's, it's a little uh, behind the scenes, he was very well taken care of. Yeah, which is kind of neat to know about this. There's not much else really behind the scenes. Like I said, no. I actually got to it kind of kind of late as far as the timeline of the movie goes. It's based on a on a short that was done back in like 2005 named Monster that the same director had done. Yeah, it was like what, like maybe a 15 minute something like that. Oh, I minute. keep meaning to watch it. I never did get around to I it. I haven't either, but I it didn't was see on my it. radar for years. Not since 2005. I'm not going to say, oh, I knew about it since the beginning. <laughs> of course. It probably jumped onto my radar. Uh, I heard somebody talking about it, maybe, or caught, you know, heard somebody talking about it. I caught wind of it online, maybe in like 12 or 13. Yeah. And then didn't care about it that much. But then when Baba Duke was about to come out again, people started talking it about started it. started becoming again. more relevant. And I was like, oh, I should go back and watch it. Never did. It happens. Yeah, I suck, whatever. But, but uh, that's kind of neat. Yeah. I like that. Eventually it came to fruition as this movie. Uh, like I said, Australian. And that oh, is, yeah. Like I'd say it does come through it. a little bit here and there, but they did do things to try to make it not seem not overly too Australian. Overly, yeah. I mean, you, you can't help it, but because it's, like I said, it's the production companies and everything else, you know, it's, it's mostly, you know, Australian. So. <laughs> You get a lot to that. The only other technical notes that I wrote down for this was that uh, the special effects team on this was uh, the Wicked of Oz was for the prosthetics they used, and uh, Cujo they were uncredited uh, for okay. their special effects. And it was released on uh, January seventeenth of two thousand fourteen. That was a part of the Sundance Film Festival. I was gonna say, uh, like, I mean, that's that's really what blew it up huge. That's when I first oh, started. Yeah. Really well, like, if you get introduced was... into that. You know, you, you know, or any festival for that matter, you're you're probably going to get a little bit of of notice one way or the other. And yeah, that that got it's it noticed a lot. Uh, most of the cats I know at work watched it a long yeah. time before me, and they kept telling me how good it was. And well, I like finally that's jumped on that's kind of where I started hearing the the little buzz about it because uh, yeah, like I said, we I started catching wind of it, like, hey, this is a good film. You want to check it out? And I'm just like, you know, I'll get to it, and I'm glad I did. And just to, just to throw out, in case this interests you at all, the other influences the director listed as uh, being big influences on the movie are The Thing. Okay. I can see that a bit, for sure. Uh, Halloween. Yeah, a little bit. I can see that. Uh, Texas Atmosphere. Chainsaw Massacre, which I don't see nearly as much. Not but, a whole lot, but okay. Uh, Carnival Souls. I have seen that. Uh, which, that one... <sighs> It's it, maybe for the atmosphere because it's it, it's kind of a slow paced, but high tension and, and you know builds you with uh-huh. anxiety throughout. It's a, it's a good film. It's an old film. Uh, the Shining. Okay, a little bit there. I can see that. Nosferatu. Definitely, definitely. I can I see, see that. that. Yeah. I see that. Let the right one in. Uh, yeah, a little bit. I I've seen the I haven't seen the remake, the uh, updated uh, version. Oh, but let I have me seen, in. Yeah, but I have seen the original Swedish version, and uh, from what I've watched of that. <sighs> I don't know because it's it's two different stories, but because it involves ch- you know children maybe a little bit. Uh, and the other influence, I think personally, I caught a lot of. It felt kind of phantasmy to me. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
The imagery of the Babadook was very tall manny. Tall man, yeah. Uh, some and some of the ways they just portrayed him uh, on screen was very tall manny. Yeah, it, you know, that's a good point because even in Phantasm, during certain scenes where uh, where Mike is kind of going into the past and he sees the tall man in pictures or still frames or whatever, he still gives off that really tall presence, uh, and you can see that with the Babadook in this film. Uh, but the other, but the director cited as influence for the the tall man, and I guess I could see this probably being influence in some way for I mean not the tall man for the Babadook. Yeah, I, I, I could see this possibly in some way being influence for the tall man as well, and it's oh, yeah. it's something I had seen stills of before, but have never watched because most people have no way of ever watching it. It's a lost movie called London After Midnight. Or with the character known as the hypnotist, and if you yeah. look at it up on screen, oh yeah, I mean, it's 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 a split look at image. This. Yeah, people look up fucking London after midnight. Yeah, I mean, you can you, you have can Lon Chaney as a Google character called the hypnotist, and you're basically looking at if the Babadook had a baby with Phantasm. Yeah, <laughs> or not Phantom, yeah. but Tall Man. Yeah, you're looking at the hypnotist. Yeah, that that would be it. That would be it. <laughs> Um, like I said, and, and you can see, like I said, where she's she's paying O to that. So that's it's really cool, man. Uh, look right there. Yeah, the more that we're searching through this, I mean, it's 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 pretty obvious. But it's cool because it's uh, she's paying O to like a like I said, uh, the original horror films of of the the those generations with the Lon. I feel like I like like Lon, I I do the I do like Lon Chaney, and yeah. I've looked up just things of his before, and I've seen screenshots of him as the hypnotist uh and just never put that together before any of these other episodes but i i was reading through this and i just want to go off on just a small tangent because this is kind of interesting (laughs) because uh this this imagery is so prevalent as we now notice in phantasm and babadook yeah this movie is a lost movie it remains one of the most famous and eagerly sought after of all lost films. The last known copy was destroyed in the 1967 MGM Vault Fire. Jeez. <laughs> that's really cool. So it's, um, you know, <laughs> that's, it starts making me think of, um, another, we, we talked about it a little bit earlier, Masters of Horror, but, but reeling off, no pun intended, reeling off of that, it was uh, one of their episodes called um, Cigarette Burns, where they're looking okay. for a lost film. So it's like I can see where this, it can it can, like I said, it it's, it can be an originator for so many different tales in in the horror genre. Yeah. So it existed up to a certain point in time, and then oh. it's unfortunately gone. Uh, in two thousand two, Turner Classic Movies did make a reconstructed version using the original script and some film stills, mm-hmm. but I mean that's that's not the movie. No. And no, it's no, so crazy not. because I mean Lon Chaney is a horror legend He's an icon. Yeah. Just way back in the day, when you're talking, so laying down, faces. Yeah. so many different faces. Another thing that this very much, I mean, the imagery very much harkens to is a Phantom of the Opera. Oh yeah, which of once course. again, huh. the man. Yeah, so there you go. Like I said, it's, it's really cool seeing, like said, all these different influences and, and where these directors get it from and how they incorporate it into their films. So you can definitely see, you know, upon knowing that and then looking at that. And I think even in certain scenes, which we'll we'll touch upon here in a little bit, you even see that from you know as the characters are watching certain certain things. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, 
but that's that's about all I have on the technical side, the behind the scenes side, just sort of some easily yeah, and, you stuff, know, to be it, honest. But what, something else I found out really cool too. I mean, without delving too much into it, it wasn't shot on like on a, a super budget, like two million dollars. Basically, was the budget. And I think she raised like, like seven and a half, something like that. Um, I I think they raised like maybe two hundred fifty k or something like oh. that. From like a uh, like a starter fund or a oh gotcha fund. but then it, it then it made like seven and a half oh yeah. yeah yeah exactly but yeah I mean it's like I said it's a super low budget I thought they did a really good job for a modern film two million is as a sneeze for a film really and they did a lot of stuff sort of old school yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, a lot of the Babadook stuff is stop motion with just a little bit of digital smoothing yeah but she I bet she it was, basically it well wanted done. it all to be Old school, just done meticulously. Pay attention to the details. Get yeah. it the way you want. Use atmosphere. Play off the legends. Yeah, you don't, you don't have to, like I said, use a, a, your entire budget on CGI to make a, a good movie. And this movie proves it. Exactly. This movie is fantastic. I can't hammer that home enough before yeah, we I'd go rather into the it. next section. I, I really like this movie. And I suppose with that, we'll really just plod through it and get into the... Guts and bolts. Guts and bolts. Guts and bolts. All right, so we're in the guts and we bolts. We are in the guts and bolts. So normally we sort of just like plot along through this movie and unfold with it. But I think there's some scenes in this movie that end up becoming a lot easier to notice what they're talking about. Yeah. If you know what the Babadook is. Exactly. Uh, do you... I know that you ended up doing some research yourself after the film. Right. But, but what, uh, through that first time through, right. did you come away from a feeling, and obviously art uh, uh, open to interpretation and stuff. Yeah, yeah, of course. But I feel like in the end, there's there's one main thing the Babadook itself symbolizes. At the end of your first time through, do you feel like the, you ended up figuring out what the Babadook was? Yeah, I mean, exactly. Because, I mean, I went through it kind of, kind of like having that... Not not necessarily knowledge, but like a fact that okay, there's there's probably going to be a twist in here that I need to pay attention to, and uh, yeah, after watching it for the first time and then digesting it and thinking about what the film's theme was about, I was like, yeah, I mean, I understand what the Babadook was and what it represented and all that good stuff. Yeah, and so you end up so a lot of these scenes as we end up going through this, kind of what's what's happening emotionally for all the characters makes a lot more sense when you realize the Babadook is. Mom's grief. Exactly. It's her grief, the way she, uh, the way she's handling a certain fact in her life, uh, you know, all the way up until this point now. And, uh, and I think it's sort of like, been repressing it, really. Exactly. And it is, and it's, it's bottled up, and it comes out, maybe because this is, this is the seventh time, perhaps, mm-hmm. and it comes out at a certain time. You know, so, so anyhow, yeah, after watching it for the first time through, because I did, I didn't, I didn't take, like, the notes that we normally take. I just jotted down, like, little, you know, little side notes that I could mm-hmm. have going into, like, a further review of it. But, yeah, like I said, something that stood out to me was, like, okay, this is a film that is, is not necessarily like, going to go straight over my head, but I need to pay a little bit more attention to detail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, but, I, like I said, I, I like the way this, this film presented itself. So, so, you know, like, with that being said... Um, and, obviously, look, uh, open to interpretation and yeah. all, but I also don't see... Oh, uh, arguments against the Babadook being grief, I, I feel like wouldn't make any sense. I, I feel yeah. like if anything, it would have to be grief and something else. A combination that would make perfect sense with a combination of something else. 
but it's definitely a way of, of somebody's, you know, the way they handled their grief and that loss and, you and know. sort of the, the damage it causes to all around them yeah. because it's not being handled in the right way. No, absolutely not. And like I said, it's a manifestation of years of built up, you know, sorrow and grief and how it hasn't been dealt with. And, and then now it's manifestation, you know, manifestation uh, and just something else. Uh, whether it's real or not, we don't know per se, but kind of, I don't know, you know, I, you know, and there's, and I think that's Which like is kind of the neat thing about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, so I, I don't know how you want to delve into it directly, but I thought too, like I said, and it, once again, it's not a coincidence, but certain aspects of this film dealt with that. I think even the, the child presents that because he's mimicking a magician that he watches in right. a DVD, and you know who it automatically made me think of? Montag. Yeah, like... Oh, I wrote Montag a, no, a number like, of times in my notes. It's like, here we go again. <laughs> also, I want this to be like an alternate universe. So awesome. Modern day origins of Montag. This is Montag as a child before he actually... something. This is Montag as a child realizing that harnessing the supernatural is possible. Yes. And he even, he does... By his witnessing his mother do it through her grief. Yeah. At this time, he was oh, more of a magician. <laughs> yeah, let's see. At this time, he was more of a magician. And then this happened. Babadook happens. Yeah. And she tells him at the end that, yeah, he'll he'll get to meet him when he's older. Like, yeah, you're, precisely. Like, you're not old enough now. And that's exactly what she tells him. Which, I mean, metaphorically, she's like, look, like, there's some things I'm not ready to talk yeah. about yet, basically. Like... I, I've gotten this far, but like some of these stories about your father, I'm way just not ready to deal with. Yeah, exactly. And, Metaphorically, and, that's what's going on. Well, but, but not the way it's, you know. But, so, alternate universe, this is Kid Montag. Yeah, this is the origin story. <laughs> Eventually, she shows him the Babadook, and he realizes harnessing the supernatural is real. Yeah, oh yeah. And he takes his younger kid magician training, combines it... <laughs> Eventually, we have yeah, Montag, the like reality-altering, gender-altering magician. You know, and it's it's. I, I liked it too. Altering his that. gender uh, to honor his his strong mother. Yeah, his like I said, his mother is a strong figure in in this movie and his life in general. But and then hopefully, it's, it's eventually, wise. partners with the tall man. <laughs> you know, I just Alex, I, like, I just I just found it humorous, man. When like I so said, one of the first scenes that I, I saw. Was him, you know, perf- like, like actually doing magic tricks, and then later on discovering where he get, got that motivation from. Oh, and he's just as hammy as fucking Montag. Oh too. my god! Although I yeah. think he's already better. Well, yeah, light years. Yeah, light years better. Okay, so we've established Babadook's is grief, possibly more. Uh, yeah, I mean, you, uh, I think the overall this idea, is a very artistic movie. It really is. It's like it's a beautifully shot, very artistic, very symbolic. Uh, pays odes, like so if you pay attention to a lot of past horror films uh, with intentional shots and in, in, uh, detail to it as well. And it pops right into kind of surreal feeling yeah. where I'd say mom's obviously in a dream in the beginning. Yeah, you can tell she's in a dream state because, because you hear like little echoes of voices in the background. And it seems like a car crash is going on. Very, like it's a very slow motion-y. In rev- I, upon further watchings... It's evident to me that the car crash is going in reverse, and she's landing in her bed at the beginning of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure if that came through my first time through. But... Maybe not so much, but I think, like I said, upon 
kind of realizing what what's happening in the opening sequence, like I said, with her uh, going in reverse of a car accident, apparently. Uh, then she fo- free falls into her bed, and then that's where it kind of the movie kind of starts because she gets woken out of her sleep. Even in her sleep, you hear it as well as like "Mommy, wake up," mm-hmm. you know. And this kid, anyway. <laughs> uh, we'll go. So yeah, kid wakes up. I guess kid's fine at first. Honestly, he's not too bad, but nah. it gets well, seriously. It, it, I, it even starts with him. The kid wears her. on me the very the first half <laughs> of this movie so bad. I would say probably for the first what maybe 15, 20 minutes. If you can get past that chunk of the movie with this kid, then you're good probably for the rest of the film because that's when past right after uh, Ruby's birthday. Yeah, so you're probably yeah maybe a little bit half an hour into the film or so. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Anyway, we're we're getting a little bit off track, but seriously, like uh, that's the biggest problem I had with this movie. Yeah, but but you know, it it pays out to his acting though. As yeah, well. no, he did a great job. You know, uh, but and it, the point it was he's getting on the mother's nerves too. And, well, yeah, because it does. Like it, he wakes her out of that dream state, and he tells her that he's having the dream again. Mm-hmm. And we kind of we we end up going through a little sequence a yeah. few times in this movie. I end up just writing it down. Of her sort of taking him through, reassuring him through certain places in the house, yeah. then starting the reading a bedtime story. The, bed. the usual spots for children. Yeah, you know. But the, yeah, the story that she she actually starts reading to him, I think, is like the the three little pigs. Yep, I wrote that three pigs, and the kid is like he's he he, he's going like to kill the monster yeah. when it comes. He's going to smash its head in or something like that. Yeah, he's he's basically he's getting riled up. I think over the fact that. He, maybe he sees um, the wolf and some maybe something else, but we don't know it yet, uh, being a monster. And that's his way of, you know, throughout that story with the three little pigs that he's going to, you know, that's his way of he, how he's going to deal with the wolf. If he was a pig. Yeah. The kid seems like he's the worst to sleep next to. He <sighs> is just a little, just strangle monkey. Yeah, he does. He like kind of like grabs at her neck. Grinds his teeth and kind. Of, I would imagine like as a little kid because I knew I was I was kind of like a thrasher. You know, I think a lot of kids are whether they know it or not. You don't know when you're sleeping. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, this guy was he was he wasn't necessarily a thrasher, but he was a clinger. For strangle real. monkey. Yeah, he was a, he was a strangle monkey. He was he was almost <laughs> but she, feral. But she does she separates herself from him once she finally does get him down. Oh yeah, I would too. Anyway, and alarm goes off. They're awake. I think uh, he's the, um... the, you, so every time like you make a cut in this house, yeah. every time we're like it cuts to this, it cuts to that. It doesn't just cut to that. Mm-hmm. It usually is like two or three cuts around just beautiful shots around the house, and then you land on something. You're right. It, it, it they are quick exchanges, but they, like I said, it it pays ode to each particular room the characters are in. But yeah. And that's why we really listed the house really as a character in the beginning. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it plays, a, like I said, a huge part throughout this film. And that was the first time I wrote notes about it because it really, you end up with, oh, what, the, oh, you end up, well, the alarm goes off and you had, you have like the shots of like the kid inventing that something. You see well, it in a minute. I, I think it's like, um, well, like, you see him picking up like a like a like a uh, what do they call those um, uh, like a croquet ball or whatever it's called. Yeah, I can't remember what it's called but exactly. But like a bocce ball. Yeah, basically what it is. Uh, but yeah, he, he picks up like a little ball. Then you start hearing racket going on 
from you know various maybe downstairs rooms and it wakes the mom up out of her sleep she goes downstairs and he's like you know so he explains like he didn't break it you know something like that and then he's like well you do see a couple little cuts and i made a note because she didn't list it as an influence but you see like five quick cuts of him putting something together and like some sawing and shit going on yeah he definitely does that and i instantly wrote that it was kind of sam raimi-ish yeah oh yeah that's good Kind of say, yeah, Ramey-ish. a little bit with like, um, yeah, with the way that Ash does, like, yeah, like maybe when he invents in the shed. shit, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Basically, that's pretty cool. Uh, I had to note that I was like, every time I'm that happens in a really movie, cool. I, I love when that happens. I'm like, Cause it's always it's a mini montage. I'm like, mm, little little Ramy, little Ramy there, like and it. it's kind of fitting for what he because you see what he makes, and it's really bad, and it's like a catapult backpack. Yeah, it, it, that's essentially what it is for a child who's about six years old. Damn, I couldn't. Uh... Yeah, and he's like, "Mommy, this is what I'm gonna do when the monster comes." And he like Boop. he pulls that lever and it slingshots that little bocce ball through like a pane of glass, and you can tell like, "Oh, maybe he's in trouble," but she's she refrains herself, but she you can tell it's it's eating at her. Yeah, and then you get to see and you first see that he's into stage magic and he's. Yeah, exactly. He's practicing shit. Yeah, he, he keeps telling her to look at her. Yeah, you know, he's kind of a little shit. Hey, look at me, mommy. Mommy, he tells Seriously, her that it won't work if I'm he doesn't already, look at me. He was already annoying me at this point. Yeah, I'm like, uh, anyway, sorry. Yeah, it's so your first to get time through. School, at what basically. point were you annoyed by this kid? Um, <laughs> honestly, like uh, some of that, some of that, like some of that stuff for what he was doing right there when she was trying to get him ready for school and shit. It's like, all right, and then uh, finally, I think. Like, right after, I think it was that playground incident he had, maybe where he fell. And then he starts thrashing about, like, kicking the back of the seat and shit. Oh, yep. And, uh, yeah, he starts freaking out, man, a couple times. And I think maybe even up to the part where he has the seizure. I mean, that was, like, the part where it's, like, it was, it was, that was intense because he was screaming, freaking out, and it was freaking her out. Mm -hmm. And then he finally had the seizure, and then it was, like... Then he was kind of chill because he was on meds after that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh, but yeah, so he's off to school. Mom's at work. You see that she's a nurse. Yeah, I think um, you even hear, like, when, when he's running off, you hear, like, a little rattling from his book bag. And she's like, what's in there? He's like, see you later, alligator. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But, yeah, she's she's back at a, a nursing home. And she's, like, working with elderly people. I think she's helping a woman get, like, a cup of tea with milk that she does not want milk in. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So she's already uh, having a bad day. Yeah. No. I and I know how all that goes. I was one of my first jobs was maintenance at a hospital that had a nursing home side. Okay. And so I worked. It was a very small hospital, like only twenty five bed or so. So we all worked all pretty closely together, and yeah. definitely saw that happen. The nurses having <laughs> to deal with that sort of thing. Yeah quite often and having very much the same sort of days that she seems to very often have oh, I can imagine. at My her job. Worked, you know, helping uh, elderly, you know, at that stage in their life. So I can imagine, you know. Uh, and so that that played pretty true to life to me. I was like, damn, this movie's this movie's hitting it. Like, yeah. I got this shit. Like, no, they, they touched on it. Um, yeah. Like so I said, I guess after she like, you know, realizes, okay, the woman doesn't want cream or milk in her tea. Uh, she goes to like to a, like maybe um, like a kitchenette area, and that's when we see that that dude, the dude, Robbie, <laughs> Robbie, yeah, yeah, the seem to be her her work. He's flirt. like, it looks like that's where a woman should be, <laughs> like in the kitchen. <laughs> they seem seem like a little bit of a work flirt there. Yeah, that, you know, like well, we, well, like uh, a friend of mine 
he and I we coined a term it was called it um, work wives. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have a wife at work, <laughs> you know, jokingly, <laughs> but uh, that's basically what it was because they had that kind of bond, that relationship. Maybe, mm-hmm. like I said, it was his his work girlfriend, his work wife, in his mind, their mind, whatever. But they had maybe, friendly right, exchanges. Maybe it seemed like he was thinking of more. We'll get to that later on. Yeah. But. She's not in a place for that. She she's not in a place. No, no, she is, she's not stable. We'll find out. But uh, she, and it's partially. I mean, her kids a shit, but her kids partially a shit because she hasn't been dealing with her shit, and that's a part, yeah. big part of what this movie is about. Is it's because she's unstable. How this it makes all... the kid. It's it's the monkey see monkey do kind of attitude, you know, because she's holding this kind of like I said. We'll we'll see, but you know, she's holding something and it's making. It, it's making things around her, including her child, worse. Uh, things aren't getting better. And there's a call for school. Yeah, the woman be... interrupts. Yeah. Yeah, what the... So, yeah, yeah, interrupts with a call from the school. She gets it. Her kid's in trouble. Bring yeah. a fucking crossbow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> man. Kid's a little badass. Uh, but, yeah, like, the, the she has an exchange, I guess, with, like, maybe the, 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 the principal or a headmistress and, a head, you know, a headmaster or whatever. And they keep referring to him as the boy, you know, and she doesn't take too kindly to that. She's no. not, she's like, he's, keep re, stop referring to him as the boy, his name is Samuel, essentially. But she keeps, you know, kind of making like the empty promises, like, oh, we'll have, I'll have a talk with him. And, you know, like we've, we've gone beyond that reproach. It's time we have to have like a counselor or somebody sitting in to watch over him. She's not really cool with that, those ideas. No, no. And then she's just like, oh, well, I'll she's just take like, him out of school. Yep. <laughs> We're out. Peace. Peace. <laughs> yeah, that's essentially what happens. And they, they peace out. Drive home. She's the big the big part of the drive home is just don't tell Aunt Claire. And I thought that was kind of that kind of stood out. Yeah, like, that was really like the only thing that happened. Like, you know, don't tell Auntie Claire yeah. any of what happened at school. Whatever. Anyway. Yeah, like so that was about the only exchange. Not, nothing really of no, but, you know. Um, the, the, the next big thing oh, that yeah. happened, I think was, uh, they were at a grocery store is what I wrote down. And, yeah. I, uh, I, I think that's what it was, was a grocery store. Yeah. I remember they, it was just kind of a weird She little... was like in a little checkout area essentially. Yeah. And, um, you could hear, I guess like the, a lady going over to her daughter where, uh, Samuel or Sam was playing with her and maybe he was showing her a magic trick of sorts or whatever. And, uh, the mom, and I just always refer to him as mom comes over and, uh. I think she's kind of like apologizing. She's like, "Oh, it's no no big deal, whatever." Mm-hmm. And um, anyhow, she mentions that they have to get home to like daddy or some shit like that. I think is what she says. That lady. Oh right. And this and is when Sam drops just... a bomb. <laughs> he just comes out and says it. It's like, "Yo, my daddy's in the cemetery." Yeah, my dad lives in a cemetery. He uh, was killed. <laughs> he was killed on his way to the hospital. Mommy was having me. Like the car crash. Like awkward. <laughs> okay, so yeah. Now you know what mom's been holding in. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, um, if you're and not paying what the att- car crash in the beginning, you know, like I said, if you're not paying attention at this point, you you're gonna miss a big chunk of the rest of this movie, even the beginning of it. You might as well rewind it and watch it again at this yep. point. <laughs> but the kid just drops it flat out. Yeah, my daddy lives in the cemetery. <laughs> yeah, and then the woman's like, "Well, uh, then it's a good thing that your mommy has you, then, right? <laughs> All right, bye." Uh, <laughs> awkward. Yeah, it's like she, yeah. Dips out and like, as I would imagine as a parent, because I'm not one, but as a parent or as a guardian of a child, and they say some shit like that, you're like, all right, I guess this is how we're no, dealing with I'm around things a now. kid and I hear them just say something stupid. Like, I'm like, 
What? Filter. Come on, dude. <laughs> I mean, something like that, I'd be like, the... Uh, yeah, that's that's... That's, That's like, like Kanye, like, George Bush doesn't care about black people. Yeah, I know. Like, come on, man. Um, like, yeah. we know, but... <laughs> exactly. It's like, you got context. <laughs> I don't know. That was weird, but, you know, he did. He dropped the big bomb, and... Uh, and then g- they pop over to Claire's. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I guess the mom and... Uh, her her sister apparently like they're on a park bench I think it is mm-hmm. and they're just she's discussing her husband and whatever and this is something that I noted later on but she starts kind of like she always met like met, like looks like she has a toothache because she's just yeah. keeps like kind of rubbing her jaw so what I, I you know and then she's like you're not paying attention to me but the whole time the kid still was being annoying he's like mommy mommy yeah, he wants to change look at me. Yeah, come on, look at this, look at this. Yeah. Hey, mommy, 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 Look what mommy, I can do. You know, that kind of attitude. Big Tay, look, uh, pretty much all the scenes with Claire boil down to Claire's kind of finally over her shit. Yeah. And she, it, she makes it very obvious that she's been reaching out to her. She's been trying to do things. Yeah, this isn't like uh, something that happened last week or a month ago or even this year. This, this happened is seven happened. years ago. Yeah, I mean... Seven years is not a long time, but for that maybe stage of grief that she's in, she needs to take a bigger step right forward because she's not doing that. But she does. She kind of she's trying to reach out. Yeah, like she she, she and she makes it clear that she's been trying to reach out. Yep. And something something needs to happen because well, here's here's something too. I think that that's kind of big for the shift that's about to happen throughout the film is that uh, Claire, her sister, mentions that Sam's cousin Ruby. Doesn't, doesn't want to share, share the birthday because she just doesn't want, maybe want to celebrate the 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 anniversary and the kid's birthday on the same day. No, which I mean I can understand to an extent, you know. Mm-hmm. But, but like I, you said, like I understand grief. Like grief yeah. sucks. Like whatever. It, yeah, but it, it blows. But especially when you're when you're having to deal with your kid as well. Yeah. Like there's a bigger picture here, which. It's kind of the point of the movie. She gets that later on. Yeah. But at the time, like, so what, what she's dealing with now, she's... The way she's dealing with it, obviously, isn't working. No. You know, and maybe she's feeling isolation and whatnot, but eventually the kid, the kid, Sam, starts to climb the fucking, that little swing set and stands up on it. He's like, look, mommy. Well, they cut up to him, and he's just, God like, damn. up on top, just, like, yeah, in the middle of it, just... Kind of impressive. Yeah. And then again, you're like, shit, how the fuck did he do that? But the way they present it is almost like surreal, too. Like, yeah. he's just suddenly just like, pop. No, exactly. Because you just see like little quick shots of him like barely climbing. Because the swing set's not that big, really big. Even for a six-year-old, it's not really that big. But being in the middle of the yeah, bar up on top. that's pretty fucking impressive. That's impressive. For a six-year-old. God damn. That's some balance. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Even for a six-year-old. But, uh. And they don't show him getting down or anything. They're immediately no, no. in the car. You, yeah, you see, like like I said, his mom and Claire jump up from that park bench. Yeah. And then they're in the car. And then you hear him, like, kind of screaming in the back of the car. So I, I thought, like, he probably fucking fell down and busted his fucking face wide open. <laughs> That's what I was thinking in my head. But his, uh, his screaming. Sorry. No, every like time, I said, every it is. It, 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 it is. It's high-pitched, and it's, it's annoying, man. We hear that in our work. Yep. A lot. A lot. You know, and it happens. So I understand it. Then they're back in the house. It's still beautiful. I think they are, they get greeted by uh, their neighbor. Their neighbor. Gracie. 
Oh. I didn't write down who the old lady was, like her her real name, but it's their neighbor's Gracie. Oh, and I already, yeah, and I already flipped away from that myself. But her neighbor, she does a good job. She doesn't yeah. have the biggest role in the film. But no, she, but she plays a little part of, of kind of what the story's a little bit more about later on in the film. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, yeah, and so this this is your first little taste yeah, like, of her. Yeah, like, oh, here's her neighbor. This is okay. how she interacts maybe with a neighbor, like outside of the family dynamic. Maybe that's what her character was there mm-hmm. for. Um, yeah, she gets greeted by uh, the dog as well, Bugsy. She opens the door. They have a quick inner, you know, like a little exchange, how are you doing, yada, yada. She tells her she's going to take the trash out. They'll have to do it later. Even though she looks tired, she's going to go ahead and do it, whatever. Yeah, yeah then they go inside. Uh, dog tries to get into the basement, which I noted... Because usually dogs in horror movies indicate something supernatural. Yeah, because they have a certain sense that we don't have, apparently. Like all animals do. <laughs> yeah. They can sense the spirit world that we Apparently. Can't. <laughs> you know. Either but, way, uh, I've noted, though, that like... Nope. But nope, yeah, it started scratching at the door. Yeah. And then you go through the... You have dinner, and then go through like the reassuring with yeah. the kid again, sequence again. Yeah, exactly. They they go through their routine, and to then the bedtime they, story. Then, then she like uh, yeah, like he picks out a book like throughout the shelves or whatever. And she oh yeah, what's this? Yeah, uh, brand new her. book came out of nowhere. Yeah, because usually what what I would assume at this point, even watching the film, is they probably go through the routine of reading that uh, Three Little Pigs story every night. You know, because my nephews right. go through a routine where they like certain stories, and you know they, they have a routine. You know. And even even if it's not that one, it seemed like he didn't have the most amount of books. No, like he 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 had a shelf of books there, but yeah, it's a, it's enough that you would have noticed. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, he does. He picks. Uh, apparently, like I said, he picks out a new book. Um, I wrote it down. It was entitled Mister Babadook. Mister Babadook. Yes. It's his pop up. It's and a as pop-up we previously book. discussed. Yeah. Kind of creepy looking. Kind of really uh, ominous looking. Really kind of gory esque. Yeah. It had really like a, like I said that really gnar, old feel to it, like really creepy, shadowy kind and of feel. And it's going through, and it's got a rhyme going. I didn't write it at all down. I didn't write the whole rhyme. I you know I I made note of it and kind of what it was saying is like, basically the further you get into it, the worse it gets. Is what I wrote. Uh, I did I did notice that it never really. It's only really the kid that is explicitly promising like terrible things later on yeah. after he's feels the Babadook is real. And the book itself, I can't remember, maybe the second time it pops up indicates a little bit more violence. But the first time is just kind of like, it's eh, just like things are going to change and it's kind of dark. But eh. Yeah, it doesn't really tip. It's, it's really a big cap. It just lets you know that it's it's present. Oh, yeah. The, pro, uh, the Babadook will make you wish you were dead. Yeah. But it doesn't necessarily say well, violently. I, I, no, it more no, no, implies no, no. just it, darkness. Just, really, it's just a really dark implication that this book has evil intent. She doesn't actually even finish reading it no, out No, 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 because she the kid flips starts through to it and starts out reading a little it. bit. Because he starts to ask, he even starts to ask, like, you know, does, does, does the boy get hurt? You know, stuff like that. He wants to know. And it does, it frightens him. And then she switches it up. On, she goes back. She goes, <laughs> go yeah. back. Yeah, and they cut. <laughs> And he, she's reading the, the Three Little Pigs, I oh, think, Oh, but again. it's not working, man. It's not working. And he's just screaming yeah. straight into her stomach. So this whole time, like, almost every interaction with the kid, he's, like, either screaming or crying or yeah. doing a, an assortment of both. Well, and a... Or being mischievous. And something to note is that this first time through the book, when he's still being all mischievous and screaming and shit, it's a little boy child in a bed, in the yeah. bed at the end of the book. Exactly. When, like, when she flips all the way through it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That changes later. 
Oh yeah, the narrative definitely changes throughout those sequences she has, or those those uh, those series of events she has with the book. But once the kid's asleep, she yeah. goes and reflips through the book. She does. She starts to read through it and gets to, to know a little bit more about its intent. Uh, but then she just ends up stashing it away. Yeah, and I thought, you know, when I when I watched this, okay, that's her way of like hiding it from her son. She doesn't want him to get mm-hmm. it again, or even want to have an interest in what it says. The rest of it. And then we go into a sequence I'm very familiar with. One of the things this movie actually blew me away with is it's how its atmosphere very realistically, in my opinion, yeah. from being an insomniac myself most of my life, uh, yeah, very I'm, I'm realistically a, a... <laughs> portrayed some of the weird weirdness when you're on the edges of sleep deprivation, oh, like yeah. extreme sleep deprivation. And yeah, because she's definitely suffering from that because she's, she's just downstairs. I don't, she's not really watching TV. She's just going through the motions. And just, some of the weird zone outs that happen. It's like, okay, here, here's a 1-900 number, you know, commercial. Then she flips through to something like, I can't remember something else, maybe like an infomercial or some shit. And then she goes to another <laughs> sequence that I'm mostly it was like very a familiar late road, with. Yeah, late night uh, Of trying to fall asleep by deciding to to go rub one out. Boop. Going, yeah, going to Beantown. <laughs> yeah. She uh, she goes, pulls out a personal massager. Yeah, she has. Starts going to town. She has one that's uh, operated through vibration frequency. Like, this podcast is marked as explicit. Yeah. We're all adults here. We've yeah. all been there. She You're late at night. You have no idea what else to do to make yourself We're go to sleep. We're not carnal creatures. Yes, what we you do. decide to knock one out to see if it's going to make you go to sleep. She yeah. decides to do the same well, thing. Well, you know, the, the, the cool thing leading up to that point is, uh, like, just the way the director, she was shooting those, like, bu- like that build up. She was watching those commercials. Then it led up to, like, a romance, like an old black and white romance where the guy mm-hmm. was kissing. And then I kind of worked her up. Maybe she was going to, like I said, knock one out and fall asleep, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But she's got uh, she's got a vibrator is what she's doing. But the kid ninja's in. Yeah, he like he he hears that hum and he in his mind he's thinking maybe Baba Duke, and, and he does. He's, he's all freaked out <laughs> about his dreams and shit anyway. And she's in there moaning, and he gets her right before vinegar strokes. If he would have been <laughs> if he would have been like a second later, she wouldn't have been able to stop herself. Yeah, she and that would have been uh, all that would have been visitor Q types. She would have had zombie face. <laughs> that would have been visitor Q style awkward. <laughs> And that's yeah, super awkward. This is not. That's not what this movie because is we about. We don't know. We don't know about mom and what she does. <laughs> that's not what this movie is about. No, the kid it's not, does but... interrupt her right before the vinegar strips. Yeah, he jumps on the bed and starts up about the Baba Duck, and she's like, "No, no, 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 we're not going to have that kind of shit." It is awkward because, like, shit. She was. She threw the. I even heard it clink on the floor. <laughs> she threw the vibrator down. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so anyhow, it was weird because that's when, like I said, she. I guess. You know, they're. I guess they're going to sleep in the bed together again, even though mom was in there working herself up. That's weird, you know? Yeah, but uh, then he's like, oh, I'll protect you after he brings up the Babadook again and shit. Yeah. And she's passing out, kids passed out next to her. Yeah, he does. He does, he mentions that he yeah he doesn't want anything to happen to her. He'll protect her and all that shit. He's yeah. up reading. She does eventually pass out, wakes up. Kid wakes her up at nine. Yeah, he, that's exactly what happens. I think you, I don't even know if you hear a distant thud at the beginning of of that, so, that first yeah. sequence. Maybe you do, and then she like, she yeah, she she clicks a lamp off, and that's it. But yeah, then she wakes up, and it's like super late. She sleeps in all the way to nine o'clock. Um, and then it's on the phone, and I think she was lying she was to her work, super lying <laughs> about her kid being, being sick. sick. She couldn't get to the phone because he was vomiting. I understand that. Um, but yeah, and, and like he even tries to run off 
with uh, like that little backpack. And she's like, take it off or it goes in the bin. And mm-hmm. he's like, ugh. Yeah, and then he says, oh, oh, never mind. Um, yeah, I'm on my way. <laughs> you know, or some shit like that. So anyhow, I think he, she's she's dropping him off at Auntie Claire's is what, yeah. it, what it sounds like to me. No Babadook at Claire's. Oh, yeah. Nope. Not, nope, nope, nothing. No Babadook, no nothing. Um, then it goes to her at, at work. Back at work. Um, calling bingo for the scene. She's bingo. And it's funny. It's a little bit funny because... There's some really funny bits in this movie, to be honest. Because, there's, there's a little bit of humor just sprinkled there is. here and there. Even toward, towards the end, there's like two lines I think the kid She works in the dementia on. ward, right? I think so. Yeah, I think he mentions that. Like, he mentions that it's too early for her to be in that ward, you know, like maybe a little bit later on. But um, because she, the way she calls out those bingo numbers, she's like, 88, two fat ladies. Two fat ladies. <laughs> you know, five billion. Did anybody have five billion? <laughs> Well, when she does five billion, she gets kind of a dirty look. From she one does, of the nurses. like a, yeah, maybe like a another head nurse. She didn't like that. She didn't like that at all. But but I thought it was funny. She goes. She's in the break room. She gets yeah. her head down. And Robbie comes in. Good. He's being a good guy. He's going to cover for I mean, her. Robbie. Yeah. Uh, he's going to cover for. Her. Uh, she's going to get out, have herself a little bit of an afternoon, and just sort of get her head right. Yeah, he offers that. And she goes to get nice some ice cream. He empathizes. Yeah. But you're right. She gets some ice cream. She sits down, like, maybe at a mall. Then she goes to uh, the parking garage. And as she's there, she sees this couple making out. And she yeah, sort of zones like, out on them for a second. And then that woman like, hey, ho, quit looking up here. And she's like, oh, I'm looking for, I don't know. And then <laughs> she vibrator. finds her phone. <laughs> yeah, she has missed ten calls. Ten phone calls. But when she does make those phone calls back... It's Auntie Claire. Oh, pissed yeah. Pissed the fuck Claire's off. Claire's pissed. Yeah, apparently. Kid was talking to the Babadook all day. Yeah, and it's been freaking out, only freaking out Ruby, but it's been freaking out Claire as well. Like, he's talking to thin air about the Babadook nonsense. And anyhow, Mom, you know, and Auntie Claire are having that exchange. She's just like, um, it's rubbish. And he's like, no, it's real. She's like, don't you talk to your Auntie Claire like that? And he's like, it is real. And I think he, like, he stands up and throws like one of those little poppers. Yeah. I was like, where, damn, badass. <laughs> where the fuck did you get those? I know. It's like, this kid might be all right after all. Because he just throws that popper down like, poof, bitch. Hey, it's kind of like the, like I said, this not listed as a reference, but mm-hmm. kind of phantasmy where yeah. the kid is kind of competent in, when it comes down to it. Yeah, no, no. He, um, he has a grasp of a certain reality that they're not aware of it yet. Specifically his mom. Yeah, yeah. He knows... He knows there's something wrong with mom, basically. Yep. And and how it manifests in a way in his life. Yeah. Oh yeah. Which eventually manifests as the Babadook in this movie, but he knows how it all sort of. You know, and maybe that even like maybe whether she did it on purpose or not, maybe it leads to like a, an allegorical story, you know, about children, mouth of babes, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. They they might see things or, or say things that we are too afraid to say or see. Anywho. Um, yeah, after after he has that little that little firecracker incident, car they're back in the car, and she's like, "Where'd you get those poppers?" He's like, "You bought them for me on the internet." Well, that's no more internet, and no I, more. I thought his little—that's the end of the internet. <laughs> his little reaction, his that little disdain, his descent. I thought that shit was funny, um, but yeah, that was the end of that, and not only the end of that, but no party. Yep, she cut that shit out. No birthday. No party for you. But then they're, I think after that little sequence, they're back at home. Back home. She's kids in the soup. basement. Oh, yeah. He's down in there. She's making soup. Yeah, she's making soup in the kitchen. I think she stares off at Gracie uh, while she's, like, at the sink. 
because she, I, they're close enough to where she can look into her living room or whatever. But yeah, the whole time Sam's down in the basement putting on a magic show for his stuffed animals, uh, a little picture frame of his mom this and dad. When I first noted that he's better than Montag. Yeah, he's definitely a better performer. Like his whole performance, and I even wrote down what he says because I thought it was really cool. Because you know it shows like a little panned image, uh, like a side scroll of the stuffed animals in the picture as he says mom and dad. And then he says, uh, he says, life is not always as it seems. <laughs> it can be a wonderful thing, but it can also be very treacherous. And I like it because he like does this little spin and shit. He's like, he's got his act down. And I was like, man, that's really cool. And um, what he's saying is kind of Montaggy as well. As I'm saying, it's it's kind of like you might not be dealing with what you think it is. You know, it's not all what it appears to be. Uh, I also want to point out really quick, just in the weird ways that this show intersects our life and the fact that we're bringing up Montag again yeah. because of this this movie. Can you imagine, man, after... <laughs> uh, we were just talking about earlier, oh, man, yeah, this is what I zoned out on this weekend and shit. And like, yeah. I've, I've recently, uh, as a video game aficionado, mm-hmm. have been zoning back out on an old love of mine with some Blood Bowl, you know, based in fantasy ra- Warhammer fantasy races yeah. and stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, often play chaos teams and some i mean the fantasy names a lot of the different fantasy names i think i actually saw this on a necromantic team uh some of them are pulled as being either puns or direct homages to horror movies yeah i mean when you when your team is made of like skeletons and whites and ghouls and stuff why wouldn't you he's perfect i definitely played against a montag yeah I definitely played against a white named Montag the other day. That's awesome. And I was just like, oh my god. Oh my god, I get this. (laughs) That's awesome. But how many people do you think in that that particular realm would have known that reference? Right, because things like... Like like a Boris Karloff reference is going to be a lot more recognizable than... Than a Montag, without a doubt. But we keep seeing... Montag pop up. That's right. Not coincidentally anymore. It's 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 this horror. The, I think eventually Montag is going to somehow become like the. He's the one. The symbol his... <laughs> for the show. We need to come up with. Uh, I like it. We need to come up with a logo for the show that incorporates Montag. I, like I think. It. I think we can do that. I think we can make that happen. Okay. Anyway, sorry. Back to this movie. Uh, I know the wow. kid is doing his magic. <laughs> yeah, downstairs, and uh, I think the dog runs back upstairs, and it, and it kind of wakes mom out of her stupor from you know staring at gracie whatever the hell and she goes over and then that's where she kind of i guess she finds out the boy's been downstairs because i think when she brings him upstairs he's been practicing like what he's going to do to the monster <laughs> oh yeah he's got almost like a, a little foreshadowing he's, he's got, got a little game of, plan he's got a game plan he's letting the picture of his dad know the game plan oh yeah and how yeah. he'll protect mom yeah he even he says and that, he starts like, seeing all dad's what you assume is dad's stuff strewn around bound down there yeah he's he's been getting into dad's stuff because apparently that's where she keeps his his belongings um but you're right he, he even like i said he mentions how he's going to handle the monster how he's going to protect his mom and then as he's coming upstairs she she kind of you know apprehends him she finds like the key to the basement hidden up, maybe mm-hmm. like underneath like a little part of that his magic outfit, and you know he just mentioned he he was he had to get something downstairs or some some bullshit story, <laughs> you know what I mean? But um, anywho, after after they do all that, um, that's when he, our boy comes over again, uh, Robbie. He comes back over. Well, right before that, I uh, I, I noted that the kid has a, a very very sort of. Uh, on on the head emotional line. No, he, you know you're right. You're absolutely right about that because they do have an exchange about 
him being down in the basement with um, his dad's stuff. Yeah, and he's like, "He's my dad too. You don't own him." Yeah, he does say that. He, he absolutely because his mom is, is she's trying to scold him for going down there and fucking with his his dad's things, and he does. He's like, you know, yeah, yeah you don't you don't own him. Yeah, that's, he's my dad. He's, exactly. Like, I, he, I'm he not here without right. him too. Yeah, like, he has every right to to his belongings. which is part of what grates on mom. I mean, yeah. that's this. Like we said, like the emotional it's, toughness yeah. of this movie it, is yeah. that it takes it takes a really deep look at some of the the hard parts of being a parent. I would imagine. Oh, a single parent at that as well. Because uh, it it's not all fun, and I definitely know that I was not all fun and games for my parents. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and this screaming that this day after day, like acting out, that's happening ultimately because it's her fault. Yeah, it's um. <laughs> She she might not realize that because of like so what she's been dealing with and how she's been dealing with it. The kid is way beyond that and the mm-hmm. way how he deals because you know, he wasn't impacted in the same way, even though he has been impacted by it. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, so as they're having you know, right, that exchange, that little emotional exchange, uh, Robbie right, yeah, Robbie shows up with like flowers and what was like some kind of like little kit. Uh, a model plane. Yeah, a model plane. Exactly. He's, I think he said oh, something like his mom always got mom, him a model plane. Really? <laughs> and he's, he's like, oh, it's not sick. Yeah, she's like, he even mentioned, he's like, I'm not sick. And he's like, oh, you're not sick? She's like, yeah, they had kind of an she, awkward even exchange. Even mom has a, yeah, she brings up, he's like, oh, he he's not sick. He's just a disobedient little boy. <laughs> Still leaves him monsters. Yeah, yeah, he's so disobedient, he can't go to school anymore. Yeah. Something like, like that. It's just, it's, it's all kinds of crazy shit. Yeah, she, like, brings up all these facts about the, the monsters, and um, it's just, it's a weird exchange between her, the kid, and Robbie, because he's just there to try to be nice, hook up with moms, perhaps, and let the boy play with the kid playing while, you yeah. know, you know. But, you know? no, that, I think, <laughs> no. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's lost. Is that the last we see of Robbie, or does he pop in maybe once again towards yeah, the end? Yeah, if he, if he comes up again, I'd be surprised. But yeah. I think he, if, if not, I, this is either his last or next to last scene. Yeah, because that's pretty much, yeah, that, that awkwardness sort of. Yeah, that'd be enough awkwardness for me for a couple of years. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so they had that little exchange. And I think uh, she goes back downstairs, and uh, she kind of sees, like, all of her husband's belongings kind of scattered up on the floor. And she, she kind of starts frantically trying to, like, get it together. It all together. yeah. But she's kind of losing it at the same time, yeah. sort of just getting lost and seeing all of it. And... Yeah, like having to deal with the fact that it's right there in her face and that she has to deal with it, even though she's been trying to hide all that stuff downstairs and avoid uh, it and... yeah but uh, i even noted like as she's as she's doing all that stuff um it kind of pans over to like the suit hanging from like i guess like a i don't know a coat hanger but mm-hmm. you also see the shoes right below the suit and i was like oh this is pretty gnarly oh, that's uh that's maybe a little foreshadowing I, th- I think i saw a lot of foreshadowing is what was going on and then we're at dinner yeah we're back at dinner eating soup um and Funny. She finds glass in hers. Yeah, it's weird. And starts very. She doesn't say anything. No, 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 not at she first. She just she she gets kind of freaked out and makes sure the kid doesn't have any glass in his. Suit. Yeah, she even like all right. But you know, while she was doing that, it made me think. I was like, well, maybe maybe it was part of maybe somehow that glass from when he shot that bocce ball or what that was <laughs> got into the soup. Oh yeah, like into that pan, and she wasn't paying attention when she was cooking the soup. 
Well, I don't know. That's just a But theory. it was only in her soup as well. Yeah, I didn't see it in his soup. No. So, yeah. Uh, and she did have even like multiple pieces in there too. I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, it wasn't like she just had one. She had big chunks as well. It had some hearty chunks in it. Yeah. So um, yeah. So while she's, uh, like I said, doing all that shit, like you know, I guess getting the the glass chunks out of her soup and making sure he doesn't eat it, she tells him to go to watch a DVD, put a DVD on, and when he does that, he puts on like uh this instructional video for magicians is what well, i saw. I, wanna, I wanted to point out that when when she's taking the soup away and stuff she's kind of very obviously like suspicious of him oh yeah no no you're right she does she even asked him doesn't she like if he did this yeah and even i mean he denies it and yeah. she she doesn't she doesn't uh, no, say he, anything didn't he say she, something like the babadook did it he even mentioned something the like Babadook that, but, did it. She's, she wasn't having uh, it though. She didn't think it no, was funny. She wasn't having it. She kind of thought it might have been him. Honestly, might have been him acting out. It, it could have been, you know, considering all the series of events that happened. We're prior not sure to that. how much of the supernatural stuff. I would say not that not at this point. It, I would say, especially because of the medication they were on later in the movie. Yeah. The supernatural stuff that happens in this movie isn't entirely reliable. And a That's lot of point. the stuff that happens in this movie can very much be attributed to one or one or either of them. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I thought that maybe throughout the entire film because it seems like they were both kind of tangling with maybe reality and fantasy throughout the film. You know, where, where others weren't so obvious of it, what they were experiencing. But, um, like, I guess as she's, like I said, after she blames him, maybe perhaps, uh, and she tells him to, like I said, to, to go off and get that DVD while she's, you know, cleaning up and all that good stuff. Like I said, that's when I noticed like, he started watching that DVD of the magician doing the same exact uh, kind of opening monologue that he was doing for the stuffed animals and the picture frame of yeah. mom and dad. I was like, all right, that's where, that's where he's getting all this stuff from. So I guess as he's doing that, he kind of scampers maybe back upstairs and um, the mom goes back upstairs and that's where she finds the picture of the dad kind of scribbled out. Yeah, she, yeah. Oh, she finds. She well, like not just <laughs> not just the dad. For his his entire face was kind of scribbled out. Yeah, but like her eyes and like oh, parts yeah. of her mouth and shit were all fucked with too. Yeah, the whole picture itself with both parents. Like the dad was maybe even scribbled in red, maybe denoting something else. But, the, but yeah, the mom's was like xed out, all that stuff. Um, but yeah, she immediately goes to his room and starts blaming him. She like, do you think this is funny? You know, she's like. And he kind of freaks out, and instead he takes it a different way and grabs his catapult backpack. Yeah, he's like, he's ready for battle. Yeah, he's ready to go take on some shit. Yeah, and then, like, she's like, she's not having any of it. I thought this was kind of funny because he's like, Do you want to die? Yeah. (laughs) You know, he's like, Do you want to die? He doesn't ask her, like, like he's going to kill her. He just, like, the whole idea, like, the Baba Duke is here, and you're sitting here fucking around asking me silly ass questions. I'm ready for this shit. So all up to this point, uh, mom just for the most part sort of seemed annoyed and just like having a rough day. But yeah. this next this next cut, it's obvious. I, I noted this was the first scene that it's starting to be obvious that mom's suffering from sleep deprivation. Oh, no doubt about it, man. Because uh, I think like so after they have that exchange, isn't she like back down in the kitchen? Yeah. Like, I don't know. She's like cleaning up or rearranging or whatever the hell she's doing. Uh, she hears like a crash come from upstairs. Well, it it cuts back and forth a little bit between them, and the kid's starting to get freaked out looking at his closet and shit. Oh yeah, 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 because he is back upstairs. And then there's kind of a thump, and she runs up there, 
and his wardrobe sort of fallen on its face. Yeah, exactly. And she still hears him. I thought because it was kind of an open wardrobe that it might have fallen on him, but he was okay so in the middle. First, but yeah, but you know, which is kind of funny, but not really. But I had that happen a couple of times when I was younger, like much younger. Uh, I would climb for whatever reasons on top of dresser drawers to get to the top of the drawer for yeah. whatever reason. And I've had a couple of them tip over on me. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, but anyhow, I thought that first, too. I was like, oh, shit, it tipped on him. Because no. you see the window open, and she's, like, looking out. She's looking around. Then she eventually looks underneath the bed, and he's cowering underneath the bed. And he's flipped startled. out. He's fucking... Yeah, like, super freaked out. Uh, but she eventually picks him up. And I think... Uh, she, well, like, she finds the, the book there, too. Oh, yeah, she does. She does. She finds the book. Um, but what what he keeps saying to her as as uh, she lays him down on the bed, he's like, "Don't let it in! Don't let it in! Don't let it in!" He says it, and I noted a couple times. Like they say it a series of times, maybe it's three times or five times. There's a lot of things in this movie that get repeated Repetitive. three times. I noticed that. You know, I think this might be a start of a sequence. Is what I started noticing too. With certain no, phrases. a lot of the times, if if anything gets knocked on, a lot of the times it's three times. Yeah, so. exactly. But I didn't know that there was repetitive, you know, phrases going on. Uh, but you're right. She finds the book. Um, she like says she wasn't happy. She uh, immediately takes it to the kitchen, rips it up. Yeah, and throws she rips it, it up, throws it in the bin, and then um, she doesn't. She starts to hear knocking while she's in the bed, and that kind of like freaks her out a little bit. And then the light flickers. Yeah. But she passes out. But it's not. This, I think this is one of the ones where they sort of show that like she's not really sleeping. Yeah, like exactly. it just sort of like fast forwards time while she's under she, the covers. She does have a weird way of. Um, how the time passes for her. Well, like I said, it reminds me very much of like those times when I'm in like very heavy insomniac modes when like my body kind of passes out, but I didn't oh, yeah. really mean to sleep. I, I've been I, I there. Like it's only because I've been up 30 hours. Like yeah, and my and body just yeah. gives out. Yeah. It's not actual sleep. No, no, no. It's just <laughs> exhaustion at that yeah. point, you know? And she's still not necessarily asleep at that point is what it's kind of showing. She's yeah, kind exactly. of it's just it's just a passing phase of time, essentially. Um I think this is where they they accuse to them at the party, at Ruby's party. Um, yeah. And with the, all the other moms. Yeah. Most, it, that's for the big This part, like it, it initially takes a uh, scene in the kitchen of I guess Clara's house, her sister's house. And it was like a group of, of uh uh, what I, soccer what I, moms, soccer moms, housewives, and uh, it's just Sam clinging on to his mom, like really clinging on, and she's like, finally, like you need to go out. Strangle and play. monkey. Yeah, he is. He's playing strangle monkey, and he's like having a little tantrum because she's explaining, I guess, what what happened, you know, with uh, with the series of events, and then when he finally goes off to play with the other children, um, well, she's like, go play right now. Yeah, no, she's very adamant about him. Stop clinging on, and you need to play with the other children. Yeah, you're right. I think they started mentioning like some of their husbands, and then they started asking uh, what she does for work or what she used to do. And they mentioned like she used, she used to, to write be a writer. A bit. She mm-hmm. even mentioned that she used to do children's stuff. So maybe that's like maybe paying an ode to like maybe a little backstory that we don't know about of mm-hmm. her. But she mentions that she used to write articles, little kid stuff. She doesn't do it anymore. She hasn't. Really and her sister's just kind of like, and you could, oh, you just have to get back to it. Like, yeah, no big deals. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and then they're kind of like passe, and then they start up again about their husbands working, and, and like, you know, just kind of chit-chattering like soccer moms would do. Well, and the <laughs> the one the one gal kind of obviously, like, knows kind of about the situation. Yeah, she you does assume, mention, thanks uh, to Claire. It's and weird she, because she tries she to sort too. of bring it up, 
and you can tell that she has good intentions but the way she says it it but she kind of brings it up kind of insensitively oh super (laughs) super do because she's like she isn't there something like she says something another mother does some kind of work with well whatever she she does that like right afterwards something like that and clara puts it together to just sort of be in my opinion they weren't necessarily meant to be together like that but it was easy enough just to be like this first part set me off so i'm gonna be pissed at the next thing anyway so oh yeah it was a build-up it was a build-up it was already manifesting but yeah they start carrying on after that woman makes that comment and then she's like oh that must be a tragedy Mm -hmm. like it it builds up uh the mom like she she finally goes off she has that quick exchange and then i think it goes outside to like <laughs> where um sam is in the in the playhouse or like the, no there's like a well, little he, magician there's or some like, shit. well he's up in the treehouse though yeah and he's just sort of trying to he's still kind of freaked out from that episode the night before yeah he's, and he's he just is, trying he's to be recovering. off by himself and I mean, his cousin ruby's harm. being a little bitch she is a bitch She's, she's, uh, she, I guess once that little magician, or that clown, little bitch, there's a clown she's kind of a tiny party. little girl. Yeah, no, there's a clown and he's like, I don't know, he's dropping all these balls, being funny. And she does, she finally goes up into that treehouse and confronts him. And she's like, she's not having it. She don't even want him to be there. And uh, then, and I believe there are cuts back and forth at this point. To yeah, between, like a conversation. between their exchange and between uh, Claire and uh, Sam's mom. And, and this is when you, I mean, is it you, you kind of, you know that it happened when the kid was being born, but it's really put out in the open. Yeah, like, it's been it seven is. years, like. Yeah, she does. She's like, anytime anybody brings up the mention of Oscar, you, you can't handle it. No. You know? And then uh, she... Claire finally drops a truth bomb on her. Like, you know, she's like, you don't even come over. You don't pay any attention. You don't have, want to have anything to do. You don't want to reach out. Mm-hmm. You don't even ask me how my day is. <laughs> you know, shit like that. But you're right. She tells her, like, this has been going on for seven years. You need to get over it. She's the reason we don't come over is because your son freaks me out. And we, like, I can't stand your son. Yeah. You can't even stand your son. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she's like, you can't, I can't, we can't stand being around him. Yeah. Like, Whoa. He's, he's too weird basically yeah he's too much to handle and at the same time he's telling ruby the babadook's gonna eat you yeah exactly he's like it's not even real he's like it would eat like it would eat your mom and your dad up in a minute and then she's like you don't even have a dad oh yeah she's it's like holy shit this kid's hitting him with gut shots she, she starts doing. going full bitch you don't even have a daddy your dad didn't even want to be around you so he pushes Whoa. her out of the treehouse well yeah like exactly because he does mention that you know, that's not true. My dad, you know, he, he gives a whole background story. And then when she says that exchange, he does. He shoves that bitch out the top. She falls <laughs> down on her face, bloody nose. Wow. Yeah, he fucks her up. And it makes Claire and Amelia stop their conversation immediately. She goes over the Like, mom. that wasn't the right response, but she oh, was yeah. being terrible to him. She was being he a, was a just major trying to... bitch for no reason other than the fact that she, she didn't want him to be there. They thought, you know, he was weird. That's why nobody likes him, and that's why nobody visits him. And the reason why his dad is not around anymore, and all this yeah. weird shit. But yeah, it's just, it's just. She a couldn't stand up. the fact that he was there at all, even though he was completely trying to keep away from all of them. Yeah, he anyway. didn't want to have anything to do with it to begin with. No, he was just, it was just out of convenience, I guess, for family function matters, whatever. Uh, Claire winds up going to attend to Ruby, and as she does that, you know, it puts a million in this weird spot. Like, what do I do? She's like, why don't you watch the other children to make sure they don't get hurt? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, like, damn. 
put her on blast like that. And then accuse, I think, after all that disturbance back to uh, Sam and his mom back in the car. And that's when he's, like, freaking out, man. This is when I was like, this is the tipping point of me handling this kid at this yep. point. I wrote I'd punch him. <laughs> like, like, at this point, I'm going to stop the car. This is kid punching time. This is when you find um, what they call um, um, pinch points. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you, know, you, you would, I would have to find a pinch point and just clamp down a little bit. And It's like, look, you need to calm down, kid. This is a little too much. But he does. He starts to freak out. I think he even starts to mention, like, the Babadook and shit in the car. Like, even kind of looks over there at him. There is no Babadook. It's fucking weird, man. As he's freaking out, he finally has a seizure in the car. Like, his mom turns around and is like, this is enough of the Babadook business. And then he just... Ah. Yeah, and he seizes. And he does. He seizes up. And she goes around to uh, attend to him because, you know, they drive on the other side of the road. Mm-hmm. Um, pulls him out of the car. Pulls him out of the car. He's, yeah, help he's, me. It's like this older couple. But yeah, anyhow, she's... Help me, my son. He gets checked out of the hospital. It's Kaima Ramey-esque again. Yeah, exactly. Um, good point. Yeah, but they're, they're back... Uh, like I said, he's getting checked out. He tell uh, the doctor tells uh, Amelia that his that her son overheated. That Sam overheated. It's probably due from anxiety, stress, some kind of stress that's going on. She pretty much she pretty much tells him about the monsters and the Babadook business, what's happened at school. And she, at this point, she's like fucking. She's kind of having a little nervous breakdown. It seems like. Well, he's like, I can refer you to a psychiatrist, but it takes a couple of weeks. And she's yeah. like, look. Uh, can I get a she? She doesn't she straight out sedative. She's like, can I get a sedative because it's still if it's gonna be a bit till the appointment. Like yeah. I need something. Like, I haven't slept in a, slept in a week. You haven't. He hasn't me, slept in a week. Yeah, you haven't given me a definitive answer how long this is gonna take. He goes on about like you know all all little kids go on about monsters. She's <laughs> like, no, like this is beyond that. Yeah, like this is becoming violent at this point. And he's like, most moms stay away from this yeah, unless it gets like, bad. And she's just like, like it's, uh, it's it's that bad. Yeah, she even starts to mention once they leave there, what's going to happen. Like, and that's what causes him to like, all right, I'm gonna write, you know, Sam a script and you know perhaps her. Right, as here's well. a week. Yeah, we'll give you a week to handle this, and it's gonna put him out. He's gonna get groggy. He's gonna fuck him up, uh, but it'll help her sleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they're back at home yep. on the bed. He's asking her why people don't like him. Yeah, he's, he's weird? like, Ruby <laughs> was telling me I was weird and shit. And kind of sucks, but, you know, yeah. he is kind of weird and shit. Uh, you just need to take these pills is what, yeah. essentially what matters at this point. Uh, so, yeah, she, I think she finally does give him, like, the, the pills, the sleeping pills or whatever, the meds. Well, yeah, he's like, well, the pills stop the Babadook, and she's like, I think so. Yeah. But you need to stop mentioning the fucking Bob Duke. He's like, it, yeah, exactly. He's like, uh, yeah, well, he's like, okay, well, if you if you promise to protect me, then uh, I'll yeah. promise to protect you. Or no, what has it? I'll promise if I promise to protect you, then you got to promise to protect me, and then I'll promise to not mention the Bob Duke. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's how this shit's gonna work, mom. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so as that that agreement has struck an accord. Um, I think he finally starts to crash out, and um, and she does too. And yeah, you, she you finally do the, falls out, man. You do what we recognize from the beginning as sort of yeah. the falling out. I like of sleep that that, that scene. That's, I thought that was a pretty cool scene. Uh, and it's eleven, and she seems kind of refreshed. Oh man, she's chirpy, kind of almost in a good mood. And the kids still shining. asleep. Yeah, it's it's a good morning so far. And she hears she starts to hear a banging from uh, from the front door. It sounds like knock, and, knock, knock. Yeah, and we kind of know what the hell's going on. At least I kind of know what's going on. Yeah, goes back in, knock knock. Yeah, knock. You, you hear a series of again. Yeah, and every time she goes out, she kind of looks around. 
outside, like there's no one out there. He looks know? down. I guess what it the is. Book. It's the book again. It's it's back again. You're like, oh shit. And she opens it up and it's all fucking repaired at the tears. Yeah. Exactly where she tore it. Not only is it repaired, but she goes on to read and it starts to it starts to pop up even more intense violent scenes like and this is kind of the disturbing imagery we yeah. noticed earlier this is kind of a freaky part of the movie because before when she flipped through it there was some empty pages at the end there were and now yeah, they're filled were. in yep and they're telling her that as she denies it it gets stronger yep and it shows her yep. it shows like a series of her strangling the dog <coughs> i think it starts with her maybe even strangling the kid first and then the dog yeah let's see i know i wrote like, it down slit her own throat as all the, all the while, like yeah, the, it, the pop up, the pop up yeah. snaps the dog's neck, then rings the son's throat, yep. and then slits her own throat. Yeah, and like so the whole time you see the image of the Babadook kind of hovering over the whole scenes of her doing that through that little flip up book. And the the cool thing I like about those flip up books is, like I said, you see all those cool imagery. So you know where you're seeing it from not only a, maybe a kid's perspective, but you know, at this point, definitely an adult's point of view. Yeah, know? and it's it's kind of it's kind of creepy. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I dude, I fucking dug it though. It was really cool. It yeah, was they did really, a really cool. good job of that. Then you just see her lighting it up in the back <laughs> yeah. on a barbecue, has, dousing has, it with lighter fluid. She's throwing the book in the Barbie. She threw another book on the Barbie, and uh, I didn't even think you see like Sam's outside watching her do it. Well, that's where now you know he's awake and he yep. he ninjas in and she looks up and he's just standing there seeing watching it yeah then it goes back inside she gets a phone call from claire about ruby's broken nose he's got broken in two places she's like and i'll she's, pay for it she's all. zoned out about what just happened yeah she's convinced oh, yeah, there's she's... a stalker but claire's not listening to her because claire well i mean kind of obviously like well, her, yeah, her kid's nose just got broke like, yeah she's like you know apparently with 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 uh amelia's going through with the babadook and the book, and just all the all the series of events leading up to that, she gets the phone call about, like I said, a serious business because you know the little girl got hurt, you know, but she, you know, she could have been a, a bitch. Yeah, she doesn't care right now either. No, no, like, and like I said, her sister is like, look, you need to pay attention what what's going on with your niece, my daughter. Um, we've been trying to pay attention to you and your psycho son, your crazy son, your weirdo son, you know, but you keep carrying on about this Baba Duck. But then she's like, well, um, I think somebody's stalking me, and and Sam. They've been leaving the book. And, and Claire's like, fine, calls. you need to go to the fucking police. Yeah, like, exactly. I, I don't have time for you right now. <laughs> That's what she amounts to. And then you're like, you can't even, you can't even pay your own bills, let alone, you know, Ruby's doctor's bills. Yeah, she's basically telling her, like, you need, you need some help at this point. Yeah. Hangs up. A couple seconds later, the phone rings. She thinks it's her sister, but she's it's like, Claire? Not. Oh. But no, that was that was really good. But yeah, it's And you're like, oh, oh shit. Yeah, and then she hangs up, then the mom goes to the police station. So we're in the cop shop. Yeah, I like the way you phrased that. Yeah, so we're in the cop shop. But I do want to point out really yes. quick, uh, before we get too far along, I did remember that the one big good thing when she was flipping through the book before she threw it back on the fire, right. was this time when she got to the end, the figure on the bed that the Babadook was hovering over wasn't the little boy anymore, no. but looked like her. Precisely. Which I think is kind of a big little... Like you said, it's I, kind of a turning a point in this movie. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. Uh, before we got to see sort of how her shit was affecting her son, and now it's going to be a lot more about her. Her. Yeah, like I said, that's a good a good point. There's a twist going on here now, a shift. Uh, but they're in the cop shop. 
and, she's and now like, she's telling the story of uh, Babadook, or at least the person maybe who's responsible for conjuring these images. Uh, so she's mentioning that she's getting the book, and you hear like a little guy snicker in the background. Yeah. And she's like, you know, well, it has threatening images and you know violent images. Uh, they well, he's like, well, where well, is it? Yeah, he's like, well, well I burned I, it. I burned it. Oh, okay. Uh, she's like, well, we can't do anything without evidence. She's like, well, I've also been getting phone calls. You know, of a, I don't know what you know. You know well, he keeps making these noises. Yeah, well, the makes noises the, from the book. Yeah. Oh, the book you burnt. Yeah, exactly. She's like. <laughs> She starts to look around, and you can tell like, she's freaking the fuck out. Yeah, she's having a little bit, maybe even a little panic attack, because it looks like these guys are staring at her, like you know, like she, like why is she, why is she here? What's she doing here? It looks like she's making up a story, and then she's like, uh, never mind. <laughs> and you can see hanging up in the Shit. cop shop is the Babadook's outfit. Yes, that was really cool from one of the hooks. Yeah. That was kind of freaky. That was really cool. I like, I like how, how they, they did, did that. that. Yeah, me too. Jinx. Nice. <laughs> it was really uh, cool. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. But she fucks off on out there. Yeah, she gets out of there, basically. And she gets home. Samuel's out front. Yeah, he's hanging out with, with Gracie. With Gracie. And he mentions that uh, she has Parkinson's disease, and that's why she does this. <laughs> and that's why she does like this. And she's like, Samuel. She's like some you know, like she says something about the nature of like him not speaking his mind all the time mm-hmm. or like in inappropriate. And Grace is just like, hey, it's cool. He wanted to know, so we talked about it. Yeah. Oscar was the same way. Yeah, so she makes mention that they share a commonality, like Oscar and uh, Sam. You know, mm-hmm. that's the reason why he speaks his mind. And as soon as Oscar gets brought up, she doesn't want to have any of it, man. Amelia freaks out again. She does, man. Uh, I can't remember what, exactly what she says, but she does kind of like. You know, she's like, okay, that's that's basically it. She takes Sam off into the house, and um, like I, I guess as the mom's going into the kitchen, she she's like she kind of freaks out, like she feels like some kind of roach or an insect on mm-hmm. her. She looks over and you see like these roaches kind of coming from the floor and then coming from. I think behind. I don't know if it's when she's going into the house or she's already in the house and she's like doing dishes or something. Yeah, she's in the kitchen at that yeah. point. Yeah, but she does go over to the sink. And then that's where she kind of like... Yeah, like, there's kinda, like a bug on her shoulder. She kind of freaks out. Ah. <laughs> you know, does that, ah. And then it looks like they're coming out from behind the fridge. Yeah, she starts to peel out the, I guess, the plaster, maybe the uh, the wallpaper. And you and start seeing them come out. And you start seeing them come out of this hole in the wall and then knock, knock, knock. And yeah, there's and, some inspectors <laughs> at the door. Yeah, that's... But she the, walks up and this was f- so funny because she immediately comes up and she's like, I don't want to buy anything. Yeah, she does <laughs> She's like, she's not interested at this point. They're like, uh... They they like they're from social services or some shit. Yeah, uh, community services. Yeah. and I was just like, oh well, they're fucking. Yeah, they're, they're just they're, inspectors. They're child protection, basically. Yeah, yeah. That's that's exactly what I was thinking of. But uh, yeah, so she brings them on in the house, and they're you know doing their standard asking questions, and she's making you know. Well, yeah. Well, she was kind of confused for a second. She's like, he's only been out for two days, and they're yeah. like, well, he's not registered in school anymore because she pulled him out. Yeah, and so they yeah. have, so they need to look into it. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly why they're there. And uh, I think, like, they even mentioned, like, uh, when he's in there, like, in the living room with the, uh, uh, the those two inspectors or whatever, and his mom, they start asking him, you know, how's he doing? He's like, he mentions that he's super, like, really he's tired, so tired from the drugs that mommy gave me. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, no, they're tranquilizers. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that makes it better. Yeah. <laughs> No, the doctor gave him. And, they, and then they follow her into the it's kitchen, like, and she starts trying to explain to him about the roaches and stuff. Yeah, well, I think one of them asked for like a, a glass, glass of, water. of water. Yeah, 
But yeah, you're right. She's like, uh, yeah, I had this roach I was manifestation. cleaning, and there was this roach infestation. Behind a, a, behind a hole in the wall. And then there's no hole. No and hole. she's like, well, I didn't actually mean a hole. I mean, it was a hole in the wallpaper where they laid their eggs. Like. Yeah, exactly. So she makes up, she's concocting a story, and it's not looking good. All of them. Yeah, they're they're just like, uh, well, here's our card. We have to come back in a week or whatever. Exactly. Uh, and then at the very end, another just gem from the kid where he just walks up. I think I'm gonna vomit. Yeah, it's like, God Almighty, man, this is this isn't turning out to be a damn good day at all. Uh, but then she's washing dishes later on. She zones out. Yeah. And as she's zoning out, watching Gracie watch TV. Yep. Through her kitchen window, you sort of see the Duke and the shadows behind her you do you start to see like i said you start to see like as she's maybe wandering off or like maybe getting a moment of some kind of rest you do she starts imagining things yeah but then the kid sort of snaps her out because he comes up he's right. wanting to go to bed she's like look you can't yeah, you can't go to it's bed only yet six. it's only six yeah don't you want to spend some time with your mom the pills won't work right yeah no, no they're not gonna work right if you and he's he you can tell he's frustrated he's kind of distraught because he's tired, man. He's, yeah, he's so then they're loopy. watching TV, then another bedtime story. The lights flicker again. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you, you sort of start getting a pattern, but the, the weirdness is almost in the pattern, because every yeah. time it's sinister, and she's definitely getting more and more freaked out by it, and they do just an amazing job throughout the movie of, like, as she's getting more and more sleep-deprived. Yeah. Uh, of things going like fuzzy at times and stuff. Yeah, like and the like, flickering or like the rumblings that are going on, or like even like or, the shiftiness and the uh, and the imagery of the scene. And so when the lights, so I mean the lights flicker again, and yep. she looks in the same shadows again, like she always does. Even though this is like the third time it's happened in this movie now, it's even creepier this time. Yeah, and she looks away, and you hear a noise. Yeah, it's this. I think this is the part where you know if if you're not, like I said, really big into horror films. This can give you the creeps. I mean, regardless, this can give you kind of the jitters. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, like I said, as I guess as he's like finally drifting off, like I said, the mom starts to hear the noises in the home, and like I said, it gets like like so really cre- uh, creepy. I think that's when the door pops open in Sam's room, and well, there's a noise, and yeah. then there's a scratching of the dog, and she's oh, kind of yeah, relieved. Yeah. She she lets she lets the dog in. She lets Bugs. She in. lets the dog in, and she yep. lows, lays back down. And that's and when then she you hears hear the noise rumble. again. Yep, exactly. And then the door opens, and then you see like that little shadow shiftiness, the Babadook, and there's like a flicker of movement, almost like hands coming through the door. Yeah. Or like the long fingers or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Man. And she freaks out and puts her head under the covers. Yeah, she's she's creeped out, man. And as all that's happening, you start hearing the noises and the, you know, the Baba Duck. He's doing the Baba oh, yeah, Duck, Duck, Duck. You know, and then and she looks up onto the ceiling, and it's kind of almost draped, almost like a, um, almost like a bat in a way. The way it's kind of you know draped itself, and then it finally opens itself up. You know. And it kind of looks like it drops into her mouth. That's what I thought, because it does. You see her mouth opening up as she's about to scream. And you see that, that shot pan into her mouth. And then it cues out. Uh, I mean, then... then uh, if I'm she thinking, freaks out. Yeah. Grabs a kid. Turns all the lights on. Runs downstairs. We're not sleeping up here. It's not safe. Or something, <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah. she's At this point, she's she's convinced of the Babadook. Uh, which would make perfect sense. But yeah, they go downstairs... Uh, she starts to to watch like these black and white movies, uh, while imagining the Babadook appearing in them, and it's like like we were saying earlier, she's paying ode or uh, an homage to all these older films, these black and white films that kind of give 
more of a uh, an understanding of of how she got the Babadook ideas. Like you said, and he starts appearing in them. Yeah. And I, I made very special note that the very last figure was of one hovering. Uh, the Bob, we've already seen the Babadook in the in the pop up. Yeah. Hovering above a bed, as we mentioned before, very tall man esque. But the very last shot is very much once again more of a live action, which makes it look more like the tall man. Yeah. And like I said, it, it's more of a personification at this point. Yeah, it's really cool. <laughs> and yeah, I just, I, I couldn't help but notice that. I was like, that's really cool. Like, we, it's yeah. kind of tall manny, whether it was meant to be or not. Yeah, like I said, regardless. Even though, even if it was really meant to cool. be the, the Lon Chaney yeah. hypnotist. It still pays, I think it's still, like I said, if you start playing the, uh, that seven degrees of Kevin Bacon and all that stuff, you would find a, a, a commonality somewhere in that. But she's still sitting there zoned out at the TV, and it fades through the morning. She's still awake. Yeah, she's still awake, and then she finally calls into work the next that morning. Oh, she I makes, felt so bad for her, man. Yeah, because she's she's got no she's sleep. She's strung out, no she, sleep. She just tells them she's sick, and then you you find out that it sounds like she's getting her shifts given, given away. away. Like, oh, great! That's all I need at this point now. And then she's just she finally you know comes to an understanding. Okay, she's. She's gonna be gone probably for a little while from work, is what I what it looks like at this point. And she crawls into bed, and maybe it's just finally starting just to get a little bit of get shut off. Sleep, man. And that the kid comes happening. in. Not happening. Oh, I'm he, hungry. Yeah, he goes on about being hungry and the fact that if if he has to take these pills, he has to eat something. And he looked at the fridge, and there's nothing in the fridge, and he's really hungry. And then she's like, well, if you're so hungry, <laughs> you go eat shit. You're like, oh, no. It's funny just to say. Before but... she even says that, too, she, she's like, "What?" this is another one of the, the, the three repeats. She's like, what is with all this talk, talk, talk talking? Talk. You know, and I was like, okay, okay. And then, then when he finally says, well, I'm hungry, <laughs> then she says, why don't you eat shit? And then he kind of like, he's like, ah. And then he kind of like pouts off. You yeah, know. and she goes and apologizes. Oh, she's all freaked out. She can't believe she did yeah, that. Yeah, she's making all those excuses. Like, you know, it's from a lack of sleep. It's from all the shit that's going on. We can go eat wherever you want. You can have ice cream. We can go to right. Wally's. That's <laughs> what she says. We can go to Wally's. You can even have ice cream for breakfast. Yeah, you, or for dinner. Or for dinner, yeah, yeah. exactly. Or, um, no, it is breakfast. Yeah, because it's morning now. Yeah, you can even have ice cream for breakfast. Yeah, See, but they, even I'm losing track of the time. I can't. It's okay. It's it's a shift to of, of all this stuff. But yeah, they finally show up like at that Wally's and they're eating ice cream and like there's kids next to them. Oh, it's just like the it's worst just noise, they're, man. Like this horrible birthday party going on in the booth right behind them. Yeah, it's like that's all she needed was more noise and distraction from all the shit that's going on. But she's keeping her promise. They're eating ice cream. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, then they're driving. Oh, this is when it starts to really get fucking like the downward spirals where as as i would put it because as she's driving she starts to uh i don't know she's like she starts to kind of like she starts to basically like hallucinate yeah that's what i was like she's uh, that lack of sleep maybe even the meds like says she's that she might be taken to mm-hmm. like I said she does she starts to see the cockroaches and shit and she's like even imagining them and then she hears like the scratching from from the the, the, the roof of her car that's how yeah it, which you would be Recognizes the Bob Duke sounds, which are kind of like the Jawa sounds from yeah. Phantasm. Because I'm saying there's, the there's dark, a lot of that. The dark Jawas. That little scrambling. Yeah. yeah, man. And she starts to freak out, and it makes uh, Sam start to freak out. 
uh, and you hear the baba duke duke duke. Yeah, so exactly, you start to hear the noise. That's nothing. What everybody says it like that. That's not what it sounds like at all in the movie. But everyone I know, when they when they reference the the sound, they yeah. say it the same way. It's baba duke duke duke, I which mean, is it's... not how it sounds. But but you know, I mean, it's it's a unique sound. Yeah, you know, we're not we're not all gonna do it, right? <laughs> No, it's it's just funny because everyone. I've noticed that pretty much everyone does it the same way. But anyway, I like it now. It's yeah. pretty cool. But yeah, she she eventually runs into another car, and the at the first owner, I thought it was a parked car, but no, 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 no. <laughs> no. There's an owner of a car who like confronts her. He's like, "What are you doing? This is a brand new car." And then he's he, like, "Oh, great! You got a kid in there driving on the wrong side of the road. <laughs> Could have killed someone." And yeah. she's just like. She's like she panics and she backs up and then she leaves. He's yep. like, "Oh great, you're leaving." <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Oh man, this is fucked up, man." So she she eventually they're back home. Uh, she's walking up and Gracie's trying to like, you know, hey, Hi. you know, hey Amelia, hi Sam, and like they just almost zombily at that like they're like in a zombie state. They just walk in the house. You know, they're like, okay. And she goes and just sits in the bathtub. Yeah. Filled up with warm water. With warm water. And she's fully clothed, just kind of like squatting in it is what yeah. she's doing. And the kid's coming in. And he's like, look, I can call Aunt Claire. Like, we can, we don't have to stay here. We can do something. So, like, uh, I can call somebody. No. Like, I can do shit. Like, no, that's fine. We don't, no. Like, none of like, them like us. And, he, doesn't and like us. she makes, she picks him up and makes him sit in there with her. And she's yeah. like, it's nice and warm here. Yeah, she's, and you're like mom's losing it. <laughs> that's that's what I'm saying. Like, she, like if she hasn't lost it already, this is like a defining moment. I think this is like like that tipping point. Like you're taking Bass fully clothed and getting your son fully clothed in the tub with you. Then you she goes. Have a she goes and gets her husband's violin, which we had seen in the basement before. Yeah. It it seems kind of weird at first that she's been trying to keep all this locked away, and then yeah. she visibly brings that up and and is holding it there. But it's just for her. And yeah, I'm like, this it. is her just like wallowing in her despair. And <clears throat> yeah, she she has maybe like, maybe a trinket that she found downstairs. Like, okay, I'm okay with this trinket. Uh, and and, it and it's all for her. And as soon as the kid touches it, she's... Oh, she snaps at him, man. Yeah. She's like, leave it. It's just for her. Like, she might have it out, but it's it's not an indication of her wanting to speak. It's just that uh-huh. at this point... She she's so in her her grief that she has no choice but to show it somehow. Like yeah, exactly. And, and the way that she deals with her son when she's at that tipping point, she lashes out. And then maybe like I said, it, it's feeding off on how he reacts to certain situations as well. But uh, yeah, when she does that, he kind of scampers off. And then she finally she finally does pass out while he's like in this little chair watching her he's kind of like cowering too at this point well, this gets this is where it starts to get freaky because she yeah. passes out and when she comes back too there's all sorts of random like fuzziness yeah exactly. and shaking and she's hearing she's hearing like whispering mumble, yeah little mumbles and whispers uh and occasionally it's even deeper yeah like i hear i heard like there's someone in the house that's what i kept hearing like on and off there's someone in the house Apparently, after you hear that whispering, or as it is continuing, she's searching she's like all walking around, around the house. house. Exactly, she discovers. Apparently, she walks in the kitchen, like she after she's going through this state, and you see little Sammy calling up Gracie, asking if they can spend the night, and Mom snatches the phone from him, and, and she's oh, scary man. as shit. She is. She's like, she's calm. She's super calm, but you know she's lost it, and she's telling Gracie, "She's like, oh no, we're fine." She's like, no, he, we like, uh, she's like, I just had a headache. That's all there is. 
Um, you know, no need. We'll be all right. You know, and the whole time Gracie doesn't, she must be confused at this point. She's old. She's uh-huh. getting a phone call from a little kid asking to spend the night. Yeah. Something's not right, dude. And it's like, I, it's like, no, I told him everything was okay. I just have a headache, this yeah, and that. Exactly. Uh, told him not to call anybody. Yeah, and then she's like, talk soon. Mm hmm. All right, talk soon. Hangs up. Oh, and this is when the real kind of like and gets in his face. Start. She scolds him, man. She like, she uh, she basically scolds him for calling. He was disobedient. Like he willingly was disobedient. She, he broke uh, a rule. Like she told him not to call anybody, not to call Gracie, not to call. She goes and anybody. cuts the phone line. Like yeah. that's the only she, way I can she, stop like, take you. Take the battery out of the phone or some shit too. She cuts the line. She yeah. She grabs a knife and she's very. And, and he's at just this like point. it's just the Babadook. Yeah, he does. He starts to carry on about the Baba Duke. And she's like, you're just a stupid little kid. Yep. Oh, man, yeah. She carries on, man. She's she's uh, she's becoming... And she's basically like, nothing's getting in tonight. And she goes and she locks down the house. Yeah, the doors, and the, kid, the windows, The kid everything. gets ready, too. He goes and grabs his crossbow. I even wrote that down. I was like, Sam gets prepared. Like, he's getting ready. Shit's going down. So as that's happening, as she's, like, closing all the doors and windows, and, you know, Sam's doing his thing... She she's like in the I don't know if it's his bedroom or the, her bedroom but I think it's one of the bedrooms and she's like trying to give him the pill she's kind of ordering him to take the pill and he like makes it look like he's taking it but he kind yeah, of he pinches palms it, it. Just, he takes his magician he training he's like boom he got it and uh, she's like I'm the parent you're the child take the pill yeah exactly and he's like all right and he kind of does that and he and palms he, it yeah he palms it he he takes a swig of the water and she like looks in his mouth and she's like all right she kind of pets him and. And you know. he, she has another moment of her TV insomnia where she's just flipping through channels, zoned out. That's all she's doing. Uh, Total zoned out. It's and like she looks kind of old cartoon though. That was kind of cool. Yeah, she looks over and it flashes and it looks like Sam's like sitting there bleeding out of the mouth. Yeah, like he got stabbed on the couch. She freaks out. Yeah, she starts to panic and then he uh, he yells at her while she's grasping the knife. And while she starts to panic and looks over at him again, yeah. and he's looking at her freaked out of his mind. Yeah, he's and it looks back at her. The, yeah, on the and couch. she's holding the knife, looking fucking crazy. Yeah, like she she had this moment of delude, like a paranoid delusional state, envisioning something, and the reality is like it didn't happen, but it might happen. <laughs> like it's like almost foreshadowing. What could happen at this point? And so then she tries to calm herself by going and curling up with the dog. But the dog's not having any. No, no, it. yeah. I even wrote down like, like, like she's trying to get Bugsy, and and her to like maybe help her console. You know what what's been going on? Like here, Bugsy, let me let me get you to console me. He's not having any. He starts to growl and bark at her and shit. Yeah. He finally like jumps off her lap and then pisses off. And I mean, like, damn, she's got nobody at this point. Yeah. So, like, after <laughs> after she does all that shit, like, she she puts the oh, knife yeah. away, all that stuff. Um, she, I think she she gets like a bowl of ice cream out. Like, she gets like a big bowl. Well, of ice yeah, cream. yeah. She's kind of noticeably out of it, but then she goes and tries to sort of like apologize. Up, yeah, so, like, yeah. Just, like this is her apology uh, apology for terrorizing her son at this point. She's like this. There's more of that where that came from. There's plenty more. And then she and she has another bout of the toothpaste. Yeah, she does. And that's like I said, so I've noticed something was going on with her mouth at that point. Because this isn't the first time that she was, you know, motioning over to that tooth. The um, more of the TV insomnia. Yeah, she starts flicking through it again. Then she hears a news report about a woman killing her son. And it just so happened to be on her son, that son's seventh birthday. And you see like a, a, a clip 
of this woman like peering from uh, like this window shade, and it's her with and, like, this yeah, really they... creepy, almost oh, like gosh. rictus grin looking yeah. out the window. And like I said, when they zoom in on that, that's when you see like it. She sees herself, and she starts to imagine that that's her. And like the whole time, you hear the crying and grieving and stuff from that news report. So she's imagining that 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 she killed her son basically at that point. But then, uh, then... yeah, you hear you hear him. He's like, "Wake up, mummy." Well, the light pops off, and she looks, and it's like, and she looks over to where her son was at. Yeah. And he suddenly isn't there, and he's on the other side of her. Yeah. It's like, wake up, mummy. Yeah, and then she's then. And uh, she's like, "You're the one that's asleep," and he's sleepwalking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, or at least it appears to be yeah. that he's sleepwalking. And uh, as he like, I guess he wanders off into the basement. She's slowly falling, like, "Don't go in there." Yeah, that's not of safe. Stuff. Yeah, and then she goes in there, and then she finds uh, Mr. Oscar. I sort of wrote down, and, like it's kind right. of dark and ominous. And uh, they embrace, and it's kind of it's almost touching for a second. Yeah, He's they like, have that embrace, like oh, it's you know, it's a touching moment. She's like maybe facing a certain de- demon. Yeah, and then he's like, we can be together. You just need to bring me the boy. Yeah, bring me the boy. Yeah, and it starts repeating, bring me the boy, but it's the Babadook voice. Yeah, because it, it pans out, and the, his his face darkens, and it is the Babadook's voice. And then you hear, he says, I believe it's going to rain. And she starts to freak out. She's like, no, nah, don't do that. And then she exits. <coughs> uh, uh, as she's exiting out the basement, uh, I, I put that the Babadook like, reappears from the kitchen, because I guess there's a part of that basement that you know in that hallway that leads into the kitchen and it he sort of appeared. glides at her yeah he does he has a gliding motion almost and she bolts yeah she's <laughs> she, she's scared i mean i would be too but doesn't he like he follows her up in the bedroom and like she's closing doors and right well she gets in the bedroom and sort of barricades the door yeah. behind her with the at least she thinks she does with a chair a chair yeah, exactly and, then, uh, like, and she the sort hat. of crawled back up against the wall. And then the and, hat drops down. And the hat drops down. And she sees it. And she oh, sort of yeah. breaks. She starts, yeah. And yeah, she, she sort of start out. Almost She's crawling. like crawling back yeah. towards the door. The door. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know what she was doing. Uh, and as she's getting across like the, the room, she's looking around a little bit. And it looks like something pops down out of the chimney. Oh, yeah. But it's just really quick. And you can't quite tell what. And then as she's still crawling... The the coat falls down right next to her, mm. and she's she's just breaking down basically. Yeah, she's having. I mean, at that point, she would be. I would be scared shitless too, you know. If that and, was what was really going down. And she's screaming, and it seems like something just goes down, drills like right into her right back. in her back. And I thought at that moment, the next scene I thought was really kind of a tip off because the whole scene after that, she's like back downstairs watching some more TV, and it just happens she's to be just like. like yeah, she's twitching, and the program that she's watching is like this woman coming up out of the bed, being like like a, like a vampire or a zombie state or some kind of witch, maybe even. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like the undead coming to life. And I was like, this is like a possession story that she's watching, and that it's happening to her at the same time. But she's she is she's she's really twitching, and uh, Bugsy and uh, Sam are upstairs. I guess watching her or like whatever, and then Bugsy runs off and like, oh shit! And it sort of gets in close, to sort of barking at her, and as she's twitching and shit, she finally, I think she turns off the TV and gets up, and Bugsy runs off, and she runs after it into the kitchen. Yep. And this is when she ends up picking up Bugsy, strangles him for a little bit, and then snaps his neck, just like we were shown in the pop up book, basically. Gosh, man. 
Isn't that crazy, man? So after after she does, and then right after oh, that though, man. then she also pulls out her fucking tooth. Yeah, so I want to point out that then she pulls out her fucking tooth. Yeah, so like I said, she she snaps the dog's neck like it foreshadowed in the book, right? In the Babadook book, and yeah, and she does. She like fucking she wrestles her tooth out. I thought maybe okay for that at that initial review, like first view it was like okay maybe that was like a relief for her, and then she like just kind of tosses it on the floor like no big deal. Yeah. And then after that, I think she um, she hears her kid and yeah. runs after him. Exactly, he gets she behind does. the door, and she's like, "Oh, the dog's hurt. Like, you you have to help me. You know." Yeah, she yeah, she's up she's upstairs. Behind, do you want Bugsy, yeah, Do you want door. Bugsy to die? Like, you have to help me. Yeah, let she's me trying to guilt trip this. him into helping out Bugsy. And then she flips out and she's like, "Let me in!" And she goes fucking ape on the door. She grabs like the top of that door frame and starts. To, to like swing like her swing. legs at yeah. it. Yeah, let's talk about fucking strangle monkey. This is another three repeat though, because she kicks it three times and it finally breaks down the door. And I'm like, holy shit, man! When she gets in, and she looks around for a second because she always misses the fact that he's kind of very obviously just kind of in the same corner. Yeah. Uh, but she's on the opposite side of the room and looks over at him, and she kind of does the glide towards him like the Babadook. She did. does, and you hear like that shrill, that little shrieking noise coming from her too. As as she's like making that floating motion towards him, he starts to piss himself, and then she scolds him, and she calls him a dirty little pig, and he's just like, "I just want you to be happy," and she starts to mock him too. She's like, oh, "I just want you to be happy," and you she know? lets oh, him know, man. like, "I don't know how many times I wish." That you would have died instead of Oscar. or I don't know if she said it that yeah. way, but instead of him. And then she's like, then she tells him, I'm like another, like another huge bomb. She's like, sometimes I just want to smash your head against a brick wall until your fucking brains pop out. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I had to write that down too. God damn. This is what you and I talked about. I was like, maybe, maybe not. This next line. He says, you're not my mother. And she's like, she likes that, that, that growl, I am your mother. I was like, oh, did they just do that? <laughs> you know, I was thinking, man, we already discussed one line from Hellraiser trying to uh-huh. do that with the Star Wars. It's like, maybe they're just switching gender roles here with, uh, you know, Luke, I am your father. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, But anyhow, she does. She's like, I am your mother. She growls at him. And they, that's when he starts to use his series of weapons against her. Yep. So he does. I think the first one doesn't he like throw that popper down? It yeah, pops. Bang, yeah, he pops. Does that like little pop explosion? And she and he fucks off on, and she's like, "Run, run, run." Yep. <laughs> she's like, "Yo, are you better?" She says something longer than that, but she's like, "You better run, run, run," and she keeps saying something. Yeah, she does like like said those, those repeating actions. Uh, but eventually, like, I but can't then he ends up ex- catching her with a crossbow bolt to oh, the he arm. Does. He does. He catches her in the arm. I can't remember. And he then gets pops her in the, the head. Cr- in the head with yep. the the catapult. Thing. I'm like, wait, this kid had his shit together. He he knew how to prepare himself for the monster, right? The and then he runs kid. past her, and she's searching some more. And this and, is when, um, and right as she's searching, you Gracie, hear another knock, knock, knock. Yeah, it, it's a knocking from the door, and it's is Grace. And the, the the way I like she, how she answered the door is she only had the that that shadow image of her eyes. That's all you could see from Amelia. Well, the other thing I liked is when she was searching. Right when she hears that knock, 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 it's right really close in in this little hallway. Mm-hmm. And she stops in place, and the camera's looking right at her face. And right over her shoulder, you can see where Sam's hiding in the closet. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's just his face just, like, terrified that she's going to turn and see him right there. Because he's, uh, like, four inches behind her shoulder. Yeah, like, he's 
Yeah, but, he's right there. Yeah, Gracie. It's like knock, knock, knock. Yeah, that old lady really saved that moment. But she, she, I'll put down that she interrupts the madness that's going on and states that she knows that you know that it's a difficult time of of, of year for her because of the car accident and all that mm-hmm. stuff with Oscar, and you know it's hard to talk about. And uh, anyhow, it's just like mom's like, you know, I'm all right. Basically, you know, everything's fine. That's basically what she does. And then once she has an interaction with with the the old lady Gracie, she goes back in and she tries. Well, to... Well, Gracie's like, uh, I would do anything for you. Yeah, she does mention like... that. She's like, she she really cares. She's that's like, the only I'm reason here for you. Like, yeah, that's the only reason why she brings it up is because she cares about them and she'd do anything for them. And you know, she's like, all right. Mom, I guess, goes back into that into that. Well, not back in the house. She's already in the house, but she turns around. And uh, then she tries during to comfort this time, Sam. Well, during the while while she was having the conversation with Gracie, Sam did find Bugsy. Oh, yeah. in the kitchen. So he knows oh, he he's not really trusting of mom right now. And yeah, he, he shouldn't be. He, he, no, you can't be at this point. This like this almost parallels a little bit about like I said with Phantasm with Mike. Like he can't trust certain things that's going on. Yeah, regardless of who's telling him what to do. Uh, and she she's like down on her knees, telling him she's sorry. She's trying to comfort him and shit. And then he then she well she mentions. said so she's like, I'll take you to meet your dad. Yeah, it's really beautiful there. You you know you'll love it. All this nonsense. And he he like like he just he stabs his mom right in the thigh. Like he, he yep. didn't have none of that shit. And he runs and it's great because he's like, sorry, mommy. Yeah, sorry, mom. <laughs> and I laughed out loud. That was a funny moment. I mean, like. Not for the fact that he stabbed her, even though that was funny. It's just like so those little exchanges, like "sorry, mom," <laughs> but you know, give give credit to the kid, man. Like all the way at the beginning of the movie, he was preparing, and when he when it came well, time, he was he did it. He runs downstairs, and when she follows, she oh, falls man. right into his Babadook trap. She, like I said, all the booby traps, the Chekhov's traps, gun of yeah. the booby traps, are they fulfilled work. They work, while man. she's the Babadook. Yeah, she even runs. I w- yeah, runs downstairs, trips up, knocks her out. <laughs> like he fucked her up, man. And uh, she wakes up tied to the floor. Yeah, and she's shrieking like she has a shrill shriek, and uh, he st- he he starts to explain like like maybe she she doesn't love him anymore. He says, "But mommy, I love you no matter what." Yeah, he's like, "I know you don't love me. The Babadook won't let you. Exactly, but mommy, I love you, and I always will." Yeah, and. Uh, but she, she works her she hands works free enough hands to start free. strangling yeah. him. Oh, man. Because he does. He walks toward her. She just picks him up and starts to strangle him. And, and you're like, going oh, out. shit, because she's already snapped the dog's neck. I thought that for a moment. like, And you saw in the pop-up book the next was strangling the kid. See, because the first time I'd never seen I was like, oh, shit, maybe it's fulfilling all those things in the book. And he's going to get his neck snapped. Which would make for a fucked up ending, because that would mean you knew exactly that. what was coming next. I, I mean, because like, the, the, at that point, without knowing this, I was that was my, what my mind was going towards. Like, oh, maybe this is the dark ending. He, she snaps his neck. It's actually a really hopeful ending. Yeah, and then like, oh, no, she's going to fucking slice her throat and that's that's going to be the end. <laughs> but he reaches down and just starts sweetly like stroking her yeah, face. He just stro- yeah, he does. He sweetly strokes her face. And maybe that snaps her out of it because she tosses him aside. Mm-hmm. And then she starts to like kind of convulse again. Like has a shaky panty imagery. You know what I mean? Um, and then she throws up like some black vomit. Yeah, she turns around and like almost like, you know, like a... And passes out again for a second. It's fucked up. Yeah, she does. She throws up that black stuff. Uh, he comes over and like I thought maybe she was dead at that point. To be honest, I was like, oh shit, she's dead. Like that's it for her. Yeah. And then she finally snaps out of it as he's trying to console her. She snaps out of it, and, uh, and then he helps her back upstairs. And as they get upstairs, they like hug a little bit and shit. 
he's like, but you can't get rid of the Babadook. And as soon oh, as he says yeah. that, this invisible force grabs him and yeah, just yanks him, yanks him upstairs. all the way upstairs. Exactly. And she, I think she begins to run upstairs and she finally gets into the room. And then there's like a series where he keeps getting thrashed against the wall. Yeah, he gets slammed against the wall a couple like, times. Yeah, she like, grabs oh, him and throws him onto the bed. Yep. And they're on the bed and it's like rattling and shit. And she's looking across the room into the shadows that we're pretty familiar yeah, with. Yeah, and she's, she's like, what do you want? And then, like I so said, out of those those shadows, Oscar appears, and it's it starts. I put it down. It's it's this series of events that led up to her meltdown, like the whole everything, the origin story. Because it's like I think he starts to mention maybe that it's going to rain again. You know, like in ten minutes. Well, he's yeah, he's like, going hey, through he's, what happened that night. Exactly. Like there's it's, ten minutes till we get there. Mm-hmm. Put your seatbelt on, strap back. You know, we'll be there in a minute. And then you hear the the crash. And then you see his head slice in half. And, he and like, you're like, oh, like, oh, shit. Yeah, he's like, she just can't deal with it. He slumps over and he's dead. So you get the idea of how tragic that event was because that's And she happened. saw that all. Yeah. She was right there right because next it, to Because it goes back to the beginning of the, the whole movie where you see her, from her point of view, what was going on from her point of view. Then you finally get to see, okay, this is what happened exactly. Mm. Him. And the body gets pulled back into the shadows. Yep. She starts going off. She's like, I'm not afraid of you. And yeah. you sort of start to see, like, the hint of, like, arms coming out of the shadows. Yeah, she starts to, um, she starts to, like, starts, starts to defend her home. She's like, you are nothing. This is yeah. my house. This is my house. You are trespassing. We must protect this house. Yeah, you must protect this house. We must protect this house. If you touch my son again, I'll fucking kill you. <laughs> yeah, says. that's what she says. <laughs> but that's what she said. We, <laughs> we must protect this uh, house. And she basically <laughs> screams it down. Yeah, she does. She does. She violently screams it down. Um, and then, like, it doesn't it, like, crumble and, into well, a heap on the floor? I was going to say, like, it's sort clothes. of back... Everything seems to sort of back off for a second. And then you sort of see the figure still come out of the shadows. And as soon as it does, it just, it's just, like, falls flat into the floor. And I'm thinking, okay, maybe that's, like, towards and the And she end. slowly makes her way up to it and touches the hat. And as soon as it does, it... Almost, like, pops up again. It raises way up. And it's, like... Above her. To, yeah, it, and it, it you is don't see it. Her. No, no, no. It's from its, its point of view. It's from imagine. its point of view, but I mean, I, I had it very well envisioned in my yeah. head of just like it over, like over her. like Even, the, even the, the shot that you see on that scene, it's from her, like from its point of view, but hovering over her because she's looking up at it as it's like making that shrieking shrill sound. Um, but and it shines a huge light, flashing. Yeah, it flashes like a, a light. A flash eye? of light. I don't know. It's a some weird flash. I'm of not light. sure what that's supposed to be. I'm not, I'm not quite sure. Uh, but you're but right. then it flees to the basement. It uh, does. It goes all the way down to the basement. And they they follow it down. Mm-hmm. Can't get in. Yeah. <laughs> but then they hug and lay down on the couch, and it fades out. Yeah, they embrace in the living room. You're right. It fades out, and then it like and it, it comes goes, back in. And it's a nice day. It's it's a really nice day, actually. Gracie lets. Uh, Sam greet his mom. It looks like she's coming back from her nursing job. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Sam's birthday. You find very quickly. yeah. It's Sam's birthday. They ask you know she asked Gracie what time would be okay. And she's like hey, you know any time after three p.m. would be fine. No big deal. Uh, the social workers show back up and they're greeted in the living room as uh, as mom is actually explaining the death of Oscar, her husband. Well, I was gonna and say. Sam brings up the fact that, like, oh, it's my first birthday. And she's like, that's not true. And he's like, well, it's the first one on the day. And they're like, well, that's unusual. Yeah. And when it gets brought up, instead of freaking out, she talks about it. Yeah. She's like, this is what happened. 
uh, this happened. Uh, it used to be that, you know, he would celebrate with his cousin, but she's not coming over. She got a yeah, broken nose. Yeah, he's like, nose. I broke her nose two, two places. places. <laughs> she's not coming. Yeah. It's like, okay. <laughs> but yeah, they, they explain everything. Like, no big deal. Like, they, they had no filter at that point. And the uh, social workers, for them, it appeared like everything was going back to normal, apparently. Um, then accused... And she has a she has a school picked out and everything. Like, everything's yeah. nice and in order. Yeah, everything's in order. Sam's gathering some worms. Yeah, he, he's gathering some worms. You see, like, they're working in a, in a garden. Like, mom's working in the garden. But you also see the, that still of uh, Bugsy buried mm-hmm. like she's putting dirt to, to plant rose. there there's like a, a scene of a a black rose that's coming up out of that it's grave i'll learn later on it's you know like a certain symbology behind it but anyhow you can see like said them working in tillin and garden uh i think she finds the worm and she's like oh let's put this in the the jar or like the cup. your bowl yeah your bowl and he's like all right so they're the collecting worms apparently for whatever reasons and then um i guess we kind of find out <laughs> Here oh yeah, well, and then and then Sam's just kind of like, well, will I ever get to see it? And she's like, not yet. When you're older, yeah, because they're at, they're standing at the entrance of the the basement door, and yeah, she's like, you know, when you're older, you'll understand it. You can't see it right now. So what is it exactly? What is exactly she's trying to hide from him? I mean, not, I'm not asking to you like like purposely, but you know, like okay, why? What is she? What is she really hiding from him? So she <laughs> she finally goes in there with a bowl of worms. Um, she sets them down. And then I put down, she gets confronted by the Babadook or whatever the hell's in the basement. Mm-hmm. And she, like, does this arching backwards and then, like... But it, she doesn't let it completely overtake no. her. And she, she calms it down. She starts to shush it down. She's like, shh. She keeps repeating that several times. She finally shushes it down, calms it down, tells it everything is fine. And then, like I said, then... Um, like I said, the, she puts that bowl of worms down. And then the bowl it of worms... sucks into the... Sucks cor- into, like, the, that little shadowy corner that it's in yeah you hear the munching then then after that sequence you see mom back up upstairs outside like with a, a series of plates she's sitting down with sam and sam asks how it was she tells him you know it's getting better yeah it wasn't bad today no it wasn't bad today it's getting better and then sam i put performs another little magic trick for his mom and it was pretty cool yeah he like he's rubbing his hands he gets a little quarter to appear and she's like oh my gosh how do you do that he's like that's not it and then he grabs like a like it's like a plate or like a like something that's covered in a plate, and he, somehow he makes a dove or a pigeon appear, and she's like, "How do you do this?" And he's like, he's all happy and kind of dancing around. I'm wondering where he got the dove, but I, I don't know, man. Internet, he had, he, internet. It definitely his mom ordered it. She can't remember it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, they they share a hug and they're embracing, and then she's like, "Happy birthday, sweetheart." I mean, and, my last note for the entire movie is better than Montag. So better than Monday, <laughs> yeah. But it, it's awesome, man. Like I said, it that's how it ended. And I started thinking about it immediately afterward. Like, all right, there's a couple of things, and I think the big, big question would be, what the hell happened down in the basement with those worms, man? You know, I'm one, yeah, I'm wondering. I wonder if the worms are are supposed to be like symbolic, his... maybe. His like little grievances throughout the day, little things that accidentally, yeah, that he might accidentally bring up. Some of the worms might be hers, things that she accidentally run into and stuff. But she's dealing with them daily rather than letting them build up. Yeah, I, I you know, what what I was thinking too is like, all right, she she's serving up some kind of offering, like like her, her uh, like an atonement, 
mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, this is how she's going to cope with it. She goes down there and confronts her, her, like, normally what she was shutting off, she's confronting it slowly but surely, and she's not going to let Sam enter her state of mind or the way she handles it or copes with it until he's much older to where she can share it with him, mm-hmm. you know, possibly. So I was thinking, you know, the Babadook is not a, like, a real manifestation. It's just, like I said, it was her grief overcoming her mm-hmm. and how her son saw her becoming that monster, you know, from various stories that he's heard several times before. And there's a possibility, too, that I was thinking, too, is like, well, maybe she wrote that book a long time ago, and because of the psychosis and all this shit, she's just forgotten about it, you know? Right, yeah, I, I'm... The book was cool. The I thought it was, was a really, really cool. cool book. You know, whether the book was, you know... Real or not. Real or not. Like I said, it could have been... Like I said, even mentioned that she did children's stuff before... And that's why I think the, her storytelling to... Or rather you know, the book was real because she made yeah. it during a during break that she doesn't yeah. remember. Because yeah. there was a series of events that she couldn't recall. Yeah. The knife incident was a, was a, a huge one. She couldn't recall. But yeah, she definitely becomes a very unreliable narrator in the <laughs> yeah. later half of you the You can't movie. really trust her narrative of what's And really, going on. yeah, all the supernatural can be... Yeah. Explained I even, even at, by the at drugs, the end, really. Once again, in his little his little magic act, he he does that again. He's like, you know, he even says that, that line again about life, you know, being being wonderful, but it also can be treacherous. I like this as being uh Montag Origins. Yeah, I think this would be a uh if you're if you're looking for a prequel that's not a prequel, <laughs> Montag's top hat is the Babadook's top hat. There it is. There we go. There this is how it starts, folks. <laughs> But uh, like I said, I really like the story, and the, the way the reason I liked it, it's a it's a horror movie in the sense that it builds tension, anxiety. You're dealing with the unknown, the supernatural. It's scary. You it you is. really think at some point she's going to kill her son? Uh, yeah, because she's starting to really have a mental breakdown. I can see that with while well, they said The Shining with uh, Shelley Duvall's character mm. in the movie, where she's starting to lose it, and, and then even Jack's starting to lose. It. Everybody's starting to lose it. Earlier than that point in the film, you do possibly think that her son maybe did put the glass in her yeah. soup. There's like, a possibility, man, of all those things, all those actions that could have spurned on all, all of those series of events for her. But like I said, I really enjoyed the film because it, it touched on, uh, once again, not a taboo subject, but a, a subject that doesn't get enough attention with grief and, and it's, how people... it's hard and emotional. Yeah, and... because it's, it's a very personal thing for everybody that's involved. And it, we all deal with it on a different, you know, level. Well, also the the hard subject, uh, and they mentioned it in interviews, of the fact that it isn't always perfect when yeah. you're a parent. Oh, no, no. There no. are times you are going to think your kid's a little shit. Well, yeah, and that's that's another thing, another huge theme in this is how uh, the mother and son, whether it was mother, son, father's son, father, daughter, et cetera, et cetera, how, how they each deal and, and the impact that, that those uh, those events that they do, or you know how they cope with these events, mm-hmm. plays on other people in their lives, and uh, you saw that with like so with the way her relationships were dissolving with her sister, the kid was losing his relationships with you know the school and everything, you know his cousin, his aunt, everybody, right. even his mom was starting to turn against them, you know. So you see how everybody was dealing with these separations. Mm-hmm. Uh, but make a long story short, like I said, I, it didn't take me too long to figure out what was going on, which I thought was it was really cool because I was paying more attention. But had I not paid more attention, it, it could have easily probably slipped past me if I weren't paying attention. Uh, uh, but I really enjoyed it, man. It's a good flick. 
Uh, speaking of good flicks, we do have the next one picked out, oh, so I, I think we'll share this one. Yeah, yeah no, we're, there's, there's some that we'll keep in the bag, but we fit, kind of figured uh, for the holiday season, we kind of gave yeah. you two really depressing flicks. Like, Found yeah, it, is like <sighs> de- weird, depressing coming of age that leads to fucked up bloodbath. Gosh, yeah, man. And then this movie is all about grief and how it hurts the family situation when exactly. not dealt with properly. And really we, dark. We probably could have planned this better. Like, yeah, especially maybe, the holiday season. Maybe but. this next year we'll probably try to maybe theme at least one of the holidays and maybe yeah. bring you like Krampus instead or something yeah. like that. There's, you know, the, the good thing about holidays is there's a lot of holiday themed horror movies. There are a lot. Of so we've got we've got movies. several to pick from. But you're right. The next one is a little bit more uplifting. It's it's definitely dark comedy involved. One of the goriest movies I've ever seen, and definitely in my yes, top five we, list. We are going to give you a gory comedy. Gosh, Those man. words definitely go together, and it's from a director that I can almost guarantee that oh, you yeah. have all seen, uh, that you have contributed to the fat stacks that are in his wallets many right times now. over. Oh, yeah. Uh, I have, oh my God. I like, could say two films, and, and not even mentioning the entire franchise, but... Uh, the the remake of him doing uh, King Kong, uh, and of course all of the uh, the Lord of the Rings. Uh, We're doing Peter Jackson's Dead Alive. Dead Alive, man. You know, and it's some people might know it as Brain Dead because that was another title went by. But uh, Dead Alive, man. I saw that I think when I was maybe eight or nine at the oldest, and that was one of those that this that one goes back in a childhood for me too. Uh, we'll go deeper into that because that's kind of interesting, actually. Of my yeah, history with much, this movie. Man, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm so excited. I actually had somebody just the other day ask me if we were going to do this movie. Hey, we're not failing. And I'm no, not at all. I was like, uh, that's funny you ask because we already had it on the slate. Uh, it's going to be a good time. It also might mean that after this good time, we yeah. might delve right back into fucked up it is again after. Yeah, but so we'll bring <laughs> we'll always bring it back to good times for you. Yeah, like I so said, we, we're not going to always get you down in the pits. We we do want to lift your spirits as well. And I think this one, like I so said, if you can get, if you can get past these these you know these previous two episodes with this one involved, um, Dead Alive will be a nice mix up to the to our arrangement. And just one more quick little aside is I I it. What I just said just reminded me of something I was thinking earlier this week. And I was thinking about the podcast just walking home from work. And I'm so glad that we decided... I mean, horror horror is such a diverse genre that we're able to do things like... Is. I'm not just going to give you this all... Like, they don't always have to be bloody, as the Babadook yeah. showed us. They don't always have to be scary, necessarily, as the next one will show us. Like, Precisely, man. They, it's, you know, it's, very, it's a horror movie. Very, it's very... It, oh, yeah. Okay, like I guess it's scary, but it's not. It's a comedy. No, you know I would say this: if if I were to allow, or my sister or my brother-in-law would allow my nine-year-old nephew to watch this film, I guarantee you he would get startled. <laughs> yeah, I would guarantee it. So, from that point of view, when I saw it, I didn't really, I wasn't scared, but I, I, I you know, I. I came away with it unless it had an everlasting impression because I still watch it to this day. Oh, it's amazing. We'll get to that uh, next time, which will be uh, a lot sooner now that yeah. hopefully I'm over getting sick. Yeah, and hopefully, well, once we get past this little bitter spell of, of weather, we'll, we'll have a lot more in store. And as always, find us on Facebook, Fried Squirms. Yeah. Uh, we now have the Twitter up and going, at Fried Squirms. Uh, subscribe to us 
uh, I mean, I think I think on SoundCloud it's following, not subscribe. Yeah, we're still but on SoundCloud. Follow us on SoundCloud. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Email us squirmcast at gmail Yeah, like I said, we look forward to uh, you know hearing from our listeners. If you have any any movies that you would like for us to review, or if you're just curious about our you know our take on them, just drop us a line and we'll get to you at any of those places, really. Yeah, uh, we'll we're try available. To, we'll do what we can. We're trying to get better at this. We have other things that we kind of have planned coming up. Yeah, we we do as have we a, mentioned a before, bright so, year ahead of us. Uh, we'll we'll drop those as they they come to fruition. And happy 2017, everyone. Yeah, happy new year. And I hope uh, I hope it's uh, definitely better than the last one. Yep, yep. Let's make it a good one. And I'm done. Good night.